0: Hey everybody, this is Victor. I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping at the beginning of this episode. Uh, it's a very long episode, so please enjoy it in bursts, but uh, we start the episode with a, a brief 10-minute or so interview with uh, local music journalist Scott Gordon and a little bit of a talk about his website. I wanted to put that right up front because there's some more timely information in there. So uh, please enjoy and we'll get to the regular episode uh, in about uh, 10-15 minutes. Also, uh, feel free to donate uh, to Tank Riot to keep us running and also send us your feedback to feedback at tankriot.com if you have any show ideas or other suggestions. Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Victor uh, with a very special guest uh, in the studio in the secret tank riot lair. I've got uh, Scott Gordon. Hi. Well, yeah. Thanks
1: for having me. Man. I welcome it. to the yeah. lair. Thank you.
0: I asked Scott to come in because he is a local music journalist and he does a lot of writing about what's going on in Madison. Uh, mainly music, right? Do you do other things as well?
1: Yeah, other things. Um, some visual art and some film stuff. Uh, I do try to branch out as much as I can from not just doing music, but it usually ends up being a lot of that.
0: Okay. So, uh, Scott's podcast was the other local arch rival to Tank Riot Arts Extract. Not really arch rival, but it's it's a great locally focused arts, culture, music podcast that talked about things that were going on in Madison on a very timely basis. And you're not doing that, so you're not doing that anymore. But you've moved on to a new adventure that I kind of wanted to mention and talk about because I was at your launch party yesterday for a new website called Tone Madison. Mm-hmm. And, and the the URL is? ToneMadison.com. ToneMadison.com. And you want to talk a little bit about what your focus is on Tone?
1: Well, sure. And as you said, it kind of we kind of started with this podcast that we were doing for a couple of years. And for a while, the podcast was a weekly thing, and we were pretty consistent with that. And then as we sort of just built up a web presence for it, we started doing more written stuff that went along with it. And then as that kind of thing got busier and busier, I kind of thought uh, a lot more about how can I how can we best sort of use our our time and energy? And so I decided to just put a lot more focus into into doing written stuff. And I'd like to to start back uh, on having a podcast be part of Tone again on a regular basis. There's just just organizational time things that need to be worked out before that can really happen. Uh, we're also trying to do some some video stuff with it more uh, streaming audio where we premiere you know songs or uh, sometimes we're going to do whole albums or eps from from local artists and things like that we did we did do our first original video which is uh, actually uh, a series we're going to do about video art uh, about our excuse okay me.
0: and is that on the website
1: yes it's uh, it's a series that we are starting called Permanent Collection, and I'm okay. hoping to do hopefully you know one of those a month. And the idea is to look at a piece of art that is always there in Madison, whether that's in some public place or in an art museum, um, because you know a lot of coverage of visual art uh, sort of centers around uh, temporary exhibitions and stuff, which is of course cool. But there's you know but there's things that are there all the time that are also really interesting. And so we started with this uh, this painting at the Chazen Museum of Art on on the UW-Madison campus that I've always found really fascinating.
0: Which one? Is it not the big Russian one, is it?
1: No, it's <laughs> um, it's actually by a Wisconsin artist named David Becker, who ah. used to be an, an art professor at, at UW, and it's called Empty Every Night. And it's in this room that the Chazen has of sort of uh, Midwestern contemporary uh Art that, and a lot of it has this really surreal bent or is kind of cracked. And in this painting, there's there's sort of this really big, violent scene going on. I mean, if you walk into that room, you're not gonna you're not gonna miss it. It's it's very striking, and you have these sort of angry, novelty figures, uh, you know, engaged in various acts of violence. And so I, we just started to do this really simple video idea with it where. Basically, for a couple of minutes, you see the, the work of art and you see some close-ups of some of the details and you hear someone talking about it. And in this case, it was the uh, the director of the Chasen Museum of Art. But sometimes it'll be the artist or someone else who just has an interesting relationship with the work of art.
0: That's fantastic. Cool. I was thinking with with Tone, one of the reasons I was really excited about the website is I feel like Madison, you know, we lost the, the onion, you know, left Madison. And we lost this culture reference point because we don't get that from a lot of the other written media out there, and, and everyone's on websites now any anyway, and I, I just really appreciate having a good website to go to for local arts and culture, you know, what's what's on tap and what's interesting to go see. Is that kind of what you're going to be shooting for with the website?
1: Sure, yeah, and it's going to be a, a lot more curatorial, as pretentious as that word sounds, um, you know, but where, the, I mean, the value of something like Isthmus and the calendar they do mm-hmm. is that they can be really comprehensive and there's this big, uh, big amount of information that you can search through. And that's, and that's really useful and valuable in its way. But what we're doing is a lot more pared down to what we find the most interesting. Uh, you know theres there isn't, there aren't going to be things that we cover just because we feel that it's obligatory or something. We kind of really want to focus on like, what can we do best and what are we most interested in?
0: Okay. I'm kind of, it's kind of disappointing to look at the isthmus sometimes. Sure, I love the isthmus. It's kind of a requirement in Madison. But uh, if you look at the guide for what's going on, it can be 200 items or 500 items and seven pages of a list of things that are going on. And it's just very hard to to find. You need curation, I think, especially on a music scene as, as busy as Madison actually is. Let's not compare it to Austin or anything silly like that. But I think Madison has a lot going on in it, and it's really wonderful to have uh, the voice. Now, you're not the only editor. Are you kind of the editor-in-chief of Tone?
1: I guess you could say that my friend Mark Makers, who started the, the podcast with me, and he actually lives in, in Chicago now, although he's he's up here all the time and he has family here and stuff. He kind of lives between two places right now. He built the site from scratch pretty much. Um, and so, I—I I mean, he's—he's he's kind of someone I think of as as one of the editors because he's—he's he's building it just as much as I am. And uh, my friend Joel Shanahan, who's on tour right now doing music stuff, and my friend Ben Munson also started the the podcast with me. So I kind of—I kind of think of all of us as being the editor. I probably do the most work on actually just you know shaping the the stories and and what we're what we're covering. But I, it's definitely a group effort.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hope our Madison listeners go to Tone Madison to check it out. But let's talk briefly about what's coming on, what's going on right now in Madison music-wise. Because I was at your, I was at your party at the Noon Saloon yesterday, and Zarbles played, and that was an absolutely fantastic performance. Those guys are insane. They are um, they wonderful are. local instrumental band. But yeah, there's other there's other things going on this week. Is there anything that you're going to check out for sure?
1: Well, I uh, I looked up. Uh I kind of decided to talk about a couple of things that are a week from when we're recording this because I wasn't sure exactly when you were putting this out. I'm hoping this hits um, the
0: bricks around Monday or Tuesday.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, the, this coming weekend on the, the 14th and, and 15th on the east side, um, on, there's one night at, at Mickey's Tavern and uh, another night at, at the Crystal Corner Bar. There's uh, there's a two-day event called Turkey Fest, and that's, uh, that's kind of this garage punk uh, event put on by Bobby Hussey who is in the hussy and, and some other bands and runs this record label called kind turkey and i mean he he books shows all the time but he does this annual thing called turkey fest yep. and um and there's... he's
0: playing turkey fest on saturday i believe at uh, crystal corner right the, yes the Hussey's. the hussy
1: is and also fire retarded which bobby's also in
0: and that's playing friday night at mickey's right fire yes retarded? i keep
1: i keep mixing up <laughs> which day is at which location but um on the on the 15th uh, Saturday, which I believe is at the Crystal, there's a band from Memphis called Knots, okay. who are who are really good, and they have they have an album out that um it it's, it's streaming on on uh, Pitchfork Advance now. I don't know if it'll, it'll still be up next week, but uh, it's just a really good uh, it's just a really good punk record with some with some good kind of weird dissonant synth stuff in it, and I've been enjoying that a lot. Excellent. Uh, I'm trying to put together an interview with them. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, so <laughs> fingers crossed.
0: All right, Knots. Okay,
1: and um. Another thing, just because in this the spirit of what we do is so just writing about this really weird mix of things um, that don't always fit together or share the same audience, um, on November 17th on campus, the Distinguished Lecture Series, which uh, if you don't know it, I mean, I'm sure you know it, but if, is this great... Uh, series that that the university puts on of of uh, you know speakers of you know all kinds you know authors and uh, and journalists and uh, just all, all kinds of people um but bill bill bryson who i really love okay. is is giving a talk uh for the distinguished lecture series and I, i'm excited about that i mean it's it's sort of bill bryson is sort of like a, a goofy corny thing to be into but but i like him a lot so looking forward to that
0: awesome and where is that
1: that's that's going to be at it's the Union at Theater. At the Union Theater, okay. yeah, and cool. those are free and open to the public. So, um, so, it's it's a good series, and this is this twenty fourteen twenty fifteen lineup they put together is you know the best one they've had in, in a long time. So,
0: cool. I'll check that. out. There's another show I wanted to mention too. Um, actually, there's a lot going on, especially on the East Side, uh, there which is. is really fun. Um, there's a show at the Dragonfly on Friday night uh, where Tyranny is Tyranny is headlining. And we've we featured Russell and Jason's other band, uh, United Sons of Toil, on the podcast, uh, especially when we get political and you sure. have a show that's really depressing. United Sons of Toil is your go-to uh, heavy, heavy band uh, to really bring the darkness to life. But um, they're headlining with a band uh, called Cowboy and uh, Myrmidons at Cowards. the Dragonfly. Coward. 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 Singular. Coward. Coward and Myrmidons. Yeah. So do you know them, Coward?
1: Uh, only a little bit. I've yeah. only listened to them a little bit, but I liked what I heard. And then Myrmidons, who are also from Madison, um, are they have kind of this weird mix of of surf rock and and math rock. And so there's no one else kind of doing that combination of sounds in, in yeah. town. So that's it's cool and it's pretty fun. Um, and uh, Tyranny is Tyranny. I mean, I know those guys a bit, and they're 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 really good guys. And that's it's a good band. It's
0: yeah. They're working on an album right now. I yes. can't wait to hear that when it comes out. Um, the other show I want to mention because we featured both of the bands in our podcast is the uh, Saturday at Mickey's is El Valiente. Um, we're probably going to feature them in this uh, episode because of the Western-themed music, and then the other band is Crib Shitter. And right, right, That's just insane, and uh, I don't know how many more shows they're going to be putting on. Um, they're going to take a little break, I was reading, and uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see them, but it's the same night that the Hussy's playing at Crystal Corner. So you got a few blocks in between the events, and... You know, Mickey's is free, and and then the crystal is like five bucks or something. So you can't go wrong. That's going to be a really good night of music, um, very close together. Yeah. So anyway, you know, best of luck on this website. We're really uh, we're really hoping it turns out to be a good Madison scene piece of the piece of the music scene here. So. Well, thanks a so. lot. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for your work and thanks for coming on and talking about it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. So. Thank you.
0: All right. Cool. Well, cheers. Cheers.
2: America for three hundred years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers. New
3: opportunities.
2: Clicking sounds. Sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive waves. The instrument, a counter is converted. I'm gonna tell you something, Flacca, and I want you to listen tight. It may sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. It seems like he had up my life and I'd spent it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. Had me some money and had me some medals. But none of it seemed a lifetime worth the pain of the mother that bore me. It's like I was empty. Well, I'm not empty anymore. That's what's important. To feel useful in this old world. I hit a lick against what's wrong, not say a word for what's right even though you get walloped for saying that word. Now I may sound like a bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting but that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You gotta do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. You do the other and you may be walking around but you're dead as a beaver hat. You should have let him kill me, because I'm going to kill you. I'll catch up with you. I don't know when, but I'll catch up. Every time you turn around, expect to see me. There's one time you'll turn around and I'll be there. I'm kill you, man. my brother! I have returned, Jamoga.
4: Good evening! Welcome to Tank Riot. This is episode 153. Where we talk about all things John Wayne. I am Sputnik. With me, as always, is of course Victor. Well, hello. <laughs> and Tor. Hi there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't any good. And I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> I got to uh, practice that. <laughs> I just want to say to my Apache scouts, Wadate. <laughs> Which is, I'm almost sure where Pootie Tane got it from. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, I, I hope so. There's
4: that crossover. <laughs> I have returned, Jamuga. (laughs) That's what I've been
0: saying around the house. Uh, I'll explain why later. Oh,
4: God. Once you get in Duke mode, (laughs) it's hard to get out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyways, but first, we should probably discuss the midterm elections, which just occurred yesterday. Uh, i just like to
5: say we we welcome our new corporate overlords.
4: Yes, yes. <laughs> Wisconsin is continues to be open for business. Cheeks widespread. I mean, we totally <laughs> expected this, though. Yeah. Um, well, Wisconsin yes, which is a bit of a surprise.
5: It was, well, well the governor's race it, we thought might it? be a coin flip, but yeah, uh, because, I guess
0: not. You know, if you look at all the polls, generally in midterms and in the regular, you know, non-midterm elections, there's usually a polling bias that runs two to three points. And sometimes it's really biased for Republicans, sometimes really biased Uh, for Democrats. These were really biased for Democrats. uh, So even Wisconsin was biased to a rate of about two to three points. So from my perspective going into this election, it was looking more neck and neck. And then when it actually happened... You know, of course I started thinking about foul play and all it's that a red you ship. know, the access yeah. database stuff. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it happened and there's some uh, more Walker's, noise about that. Yeah. Walker's uh, our governor but, again and he's gonna put in a budget. <sighs> and the lot of corporate funding went in to make sure that this election went for Scott Walker, and we're only gonna mm-hmm. see him for probably two years.
4: Well, I he's gonna run for well, president. I will be he'll a, be
0: campaigning. He is yeah, but yeah, he'll probably leave the governorship and have Cleafish take over.
4: Actually mm-hmm.
3: He,
0: no, I think he'll remain governor. You think so?
5: Yes. But, he, I mean, in, in he'll remain <coughs> governor on paper. Yeah. But it will be his staff doing... Most of them, he'll show up for occasionally to sign something. Just like Huey Kingfish Long. I just think yeah.
0: the budget is going to be very... Uh, it's not going to be as aggressive. He's got some things, more union bashing and shit he wants to do, but I don't think it's going to be as aggressive because if he wants to do a presidential run, I don't think he wants the Capitol House overrun with protesters well, during that run.
4: I'm damn worried about... <laughs> Having to pay for abortions for gay black women. And teachers and, and nurses. And nurses. and You know, they get rich being them nurses. You know, yeah. they they kept saying over and over, it's all about jobs. It's all about jobs. Well, you know what? If you don't have a shirt to wear, wear a brown one. Welcome to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not about jobs because he passed up a lot a lot of opportunity to get more
5: jobs. Well. Which we covered in the those last Those weren't jobs that he was
4: of... cleared for. Right, yeah. The, the coctopus did not see, But, yeah, I yes. think what
5: we're going to see in the bu- budget is a lot of uh, kind of corporate handouts for the uh, mineral mining, fossil fuel industry, yeah. that sort of thing. And, uh, and because, of course, the paramilitary
4: militia guarding it. Yeah. That'll be okay.
5: Yeah, so they yeah. they they need to pay, pay back. And, th- and this is a national thing, too. Uh, most of the new red senators were bought by the fossil fuel industry. Oh, billions of dollars so, went into yeah. a midterm.
0: It was the most money spent on a midterm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty well, amazing, and this so. is exactly what America has become. But so, isn't Congress just going to be a, pretty much a standstill now? And the Senate's going to pass stuff. Congress is going to approve. Senate pass president yeah, veto wait. so you gotta yeah you gotta, i mean nothing's gonna happen you got yeah, a lame it's...
4: duck president you've got a republican controlled <laughs> oh my god upper and lower house yeah we're fucked yeah i mean well yeah, yeah there's
0: nothing that's going to be happening but
4: on the other hand you know if the democrats would have truly won if mary burke would have won would it truly have been any better i really i, I question that mm-hmm. i honestly do but in any case, well, whatever it's yeah, it's, just
0: utter disappointment in yeah. in those who actually voted to keep you know, a scumbag like Walker in office. Well, Scabby
4: Nation has got the government it deserves. That's I all did I can not say. realize
0: we had scheduled this podcast for the day after the election.
5: <laughs> I didn't realize we were doing well, that. So. Well, we are recording
0: on the fifth of November. I'll, I'll remember, take... remember the fifth of November. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. the Gunpowder treason and plot. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I see no reason why well, the Gunpowder treason <laughs> should yeah. ever be forgot. You know, <laughs> I've actually taken it to the point where I've, because uh, next January, I'll be eligible for full retirement from the state, and I've already filed my papers, you know, thinking, you know, if gov- if Walker won, get out while I still, in fact, have some yeah, benefits. that so, might be a safe move. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So. so you're talking about 2015 or 16?
4: 15.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool.
4: So basically two months and out. Uh-huh. If I make it that long, I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> we'll yep. just have to see. I mean, that's, that's why uh, Mrs. Sputnik and I have been talking about migrating to Arizona. <clears throat> sure, it's a right-wing state and a very red state as well. You fit right in. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> so is Scotty Nation, and at least it's fucking warm. So that's a tick in the right direction. 'cause yeah. I'm I'm already tired of the damn weather. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I I had I had to do an office move today because of a reorganization, so I have a window now. Like there's anything to look at for 9 <laughs> months out of the fucking year here. <laughs> You know, so the first thing I did, shut the drapes or shut the drapes, like we have drapes, yeah. Uh, shut <laughs> I'll the blinds. I say close those drapes. <laughs> you know, the, well it's it's not it's not even a, an actual shade. It's just kind of this weird porous thing that just kind of diffuses the light. You know, makes everything uh-huh. you know equally gray and uh, right. Yeah, we have and, those now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know be, and you know cuz it comes from you know badger state industries you know we use only the finest prison labor right <laughs> to yeah. to put in our office equipment so that's awesome but you know what moving on gentlemen we did do a tank riot yes. outing yes. to see fury that and we did that was just a blast that's uh-huh. a
0: fantastic little film it, it reminded me a lot of the other great You know, 1940s uh, war movies that were a slice of life Mm -hmm. where they didn't try to do like, you know, the longest day where it was a a long long explanation of everything. It was a very brief, this is what happens, this is where a tank goes, and this is where it ends up.
5: I think if you want to do a double feature, you know, on your DVD, Blu ray night, whatever, get a Sahara. Which we covered in the oh, whole whole good. movie. Yeah. Good
4: call, Tom. Yeah, watch good
5: those call. two movies together. Yeah, you'll be set.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I know people hate Brad Pitt just because he's so awesome, but he was great in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you know,
4: actually, <laughs> I I have to say, in all honesty, I've liked Brad Pitt in a mm-hmm. lot of movies. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I he, mean, yeah, he's a he pretty boy, but I mean, that's not his fault. But yeah, he can but, act. That's,
0: so. The big surprise, I think, in this film was Shia LaBeouf.
4: Oh, thank you for bringing yes. that up. Yeah, Because we were we walked out kind of confused because yeah, like, I, I Shia
0: LaBeouf a... didn't suck. Shia LaBeouf was <laughs> yeah. great in this movie. Yeah, he really Yeah, he did really
5: well. Although I guess he was kind of pissing off the rest of the crew because he took Oh, what do they call it? Character acting, or or where you really try method acting? Method acting. Mm. He he didn't shower for like the whole thing. <laughs> nice. So he, he smelled like a you
2: know <coughs> a sweaty tank. Yeah. Nice. Bring bring the reach here.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Did, did you
0: guys also hear the story about how he got really wasted coming back from Ireland and went to the ballet and got arrested?
4: Yeah, I did. Did you hear him him tell the story? Although honestly, that sequence of events. I can't really blame anyone for. it. It's like I'm coming back from Ireland. I'm yeah. going to the ballet. I got wasted. Yeah, I yeah I probably yeah you could yeah, do that. that would yeah, be, yeah.
0: <laughs> well I, I saw him in an interview explain it to like Jimmy Kimmel or somebody. <gasps> he went off for like seven minutes explaining step by step how his decision making went wrong. You know, wow. <laughs> and, and it was actually it made me like Shia LaBeouf a little more because it was like wow yeah. he's really laying it out there and admitting you know in a very friendly manner that yeah yeah I got blitzed on whiskey and was really obnoxious and. T- they kicked me out, and I didn't want to be kicked out, and then I got arrested. But if there's anything
4: to be obnoxious in, it's a ballet. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you gentlemen have been to ballets, but, you know, dance is not my thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to put it do, out there. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, okay, it's, that's you know. probably. Yeah, I don't no, know. It's I'm, an art form. Yeah, blah. But yeah, you know. I'm sure there's
5: some good ballets, and we'll probably end up doing a show on it someday. But no, no,
4: <laughs> I can I can almost say that with a certainuteur that we <laughs> okay, will never well, be covering ballet on tonight's
0: episode. <laughs> the Nutcracker. We might we might cover <laughs> Twyla Tharp.
4: <laughs> you wish. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, I know Shia LaBeouf was good, and and the movie was just. A lot of fun to watch. It was just a full-out war action movie. Yeah. A, a lot of people have been c- comparing it, and I think somewhat unfairly to Saving Private Ryan, but they're really not the same film. Well, they're
0: modern films about yeah. World War II. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the only reason you can compare. But,
4: them. but I mean, what Tor just said yeah. about you know watching Sahara and Fury back to back, to me that's the much better program. Oh yeah, because, those yeah. those
5: are much more similar. And I think one thing I found. Pretty cool, at least on it from a production side of it, is um, they showed the the tracer bullets and everything oh, yeah. with the, yeah.
0: coming from the guns. I bet you that confused a few people. Yeah, who are like, like what? what? Yeah, Why are they shooting lasers? Where's, lasers yeah. come from no? most
5: of the m- war movies you see. They shoot blanks, so mm-hmm. you don't see the tracer, tracer. bullets. Yeah, uh, but I even
4: though you can use uh, a blank tracer, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah,
5: I don't know what, what technology they use to show that make the tracers in the movie, but. <laughs> It worked.
4: It worked. And yeah. and the weapons authenticity was great. The, the the tank Fury itself wasn't the standard Sherman. It was the one of the modified Sherman's. The seventy six millimeter. The big gun. Yeah. And uh it had um Brad Pitt was carrying uh, Sturmgewehr. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the younger guys were using M3 grease guns, submachine guns. I mean, at But least I it- point
0: out they didn't get bogged down in the details of explaining the tank or, or right. how the tank works or why they're doing this or that. But Th-
5: this right? is all it for people, guys, like us that have. Yeah. You know, read about these weapons for years, <laughs> right? And recognize right. them, but you don't actually have to know about them no. to understand the movie. But Although it's nice it does, for a
0: movie not to get bogged down in it.
5: It, it they did show, um, you know, the the struggle the Shermans had against the Tiger tank. Yeah. Oh yeah, because awesome. they engage
4: a Tiger tank, and I mean they're just yeah. bouncing shells, and that's what happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Right. Although yeah. one review I said that's more what happened when you had the Shermans with the seventy-five millimeter. Canon. Once you had yeah, the, the 70- little
4: tiny ones that they originally right. Came
5: the with, Shermans yeah. with the seventy oh, six actually would have
4: did a little better job on the right. tiger, but still, but still, yeah. it, it hit it right in the sloped armor part, yeah, which yeah. you know. And but, but here's okay. If if I have one thing I would say about it was the the end of the movie, mm-hmm. the last stand, mm-hmm. and okay, I don't know if this is like okay. Spoiler alert. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cover yours. Yeah, all these tanks go out to protect this one road, and there's a large group of Waffen SS moving down the road. So, you know, trying to intercept the Allies, trying to get these supply lines in through these same roads. Okay, fine. Well, by this period of the war, I mean, you pretty much had the biggest fanatics. You know, I mean, these guys were just in it, to win it and down to the last round and that was it. And mm-hmm. the Fury uh, hits a mine, loses a tread, so it's it's essentially immobile. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a way over the top battle, right? I don't. But then when they see the Waffen SS coming up, and you, you can actually see all the weapons they have, and they have like. Cartloads of Panzerfaust anti tank weapons. One, maybe two of those would have been enough to just pop that (laughs) turret right right off. Yeah, but instead, the Waffen SS, you know, instead of like attacking the tank from any other angle, keep coming right at the front. (laughs) You know, and it's like, come on,
5: you know, this is this is Hollywood, and this is how you make. Right, I mean, it's a. they they set up a David and Goliath situation, right? And that's what they had to do to make it exciting. But yeah, yeah. It, it's like you know, I kind of, I'm guessing there wasn't an actual battle quite like that.
4: You know what that's? You know you what know? that whole scene reminded me of? The Alamo. You know who else was in the Alamo? John Wayne, <laughs> who also directed the Alamo. Also directed. I'm Davy fucking Crockett. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Shall we move on to Mr. Wayne? Mr. Wayne's oeuvre. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable thing. Now, before we get into the details, and there are many for Mr. Wayne. Oh, my God. The guy did like 80 movies
0: before he ever got any true recognition as an actor. Oh, God. 80 anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying 80. like it's just unbelievable how many productive. movies he was in. It well, was like, like television. They just kept rolling the camera, making yeah. these little movie f- pictures and it
4: truly was the dream Mm -hmm. factory at that period of time i mean they just kept rolling 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 it's just like okay here's another film here's another film here's another film and before john wayne really made it big in 1939 with stagecoach uh he was in a lot of western movies just a lot of movies in general and you know he started as a prop boy and was just kind of an extra in a lot of movies so when you look at his filmography it's huge yeah but, you know, I think what's. I just want to say up front that right. why I think covering John Wayne is interesting is because I grew up watching John Wayne. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, you know, yeah. my generation, you know, John Wayne was huge and, and John Wayne movies were always on. I went to see many of them at the theater, actually. He always struck me as a really fascinating character simply because. And I, larger I wonder, than life. I he is larger just, than life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to say he's larger than life and iconic doesn't almost seem to hit it. It's like, what, and yeah. we'll, we'll discuss this warts and all. Okay. I mean, when, when you know yeah. the man's politics and everything else, you could say, well, yeah, that's not so cool and, and whatever. But John Wayne was one of those, and I would have to say the only actor that I, that I know of. And I've, I've seen many, many, many movies. Uh, domestic and foreign, and he's almost had his own gravity well around him. It's such like something that just, you know, whoa, John Wayne. Yeah, he he was, like, like, obviously on the podcast, on many occasions, I've criticized, like, Robert Redford or Shia LaBeouf or whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you can say you're whatever, but you're still Robert Redford and Shia LaBeouf. I, I never, you know, get lost in the you know, in your acting skills or anything. But the thing with John Wayne is he was always John Wayne. He was very consistent in everything that he did. And yet I don't criticize him for that because, you know, you, you can say, well, he's an American icon and it's, it's, he's, he's all linked with, you know, what you think about America or America at a a particular Mm -hmm. time. But there was something about him that seemed to almost transcend that as well. I mean, John Wayne yeah. was one of those people that even when you knew his politics and you knew how utterly right wing and, and actually yeah. very well, racist that he, he by was. By today's
0: standards, it was more middle of the road. <laughs>
4: <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah. After the elections back, yesterday, well, I would say back that's then, probably. It, was, it would yeah. have been well, yeah. He's probably a screaming literal, liberal, <laughs> yeah. but.
5: Yeah. It, yeah. In the ni- 1990s, it was pretty racist. In the nineteen 19- 40s, mm-hmm. 50s, it was middle of the road. And well, now it's probably back to middle of the road. He did an interview with Playboy
4: know. in the 70s. And um, in the seventy-one. Yeah, I, I actually read that interview, um, not online either, uh, because uh, at that period for of the time, articles. I, I read Playboy for the articles. Sure. And right. I, I did, in fact, yeah. read it. And I, I thought even thought then, is... <laughs> I mean, I was all of like 11 years old, but I thought, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't strike me as being <laughs> <laughs> so... But anyways, we'll, we'll we'll get into all that and everything. Okay. But I guess what I wanted to say is John Wayne is is one of these people that um, you may like what he represented, or you may just absolutely loathe it, or um, you know the American icon or whatever. But he seemed as an actor to actually be able to transcend a lot of that, and, and yeah. I, I think a lot of the movies that he did with some you know, these great directors like John Ford and Howard Hawks and so forth. Yeah, in a hundred years, people are still going to be watching those movies. Yeah, yeah, and they
0: should. You know, he, he. yes, he's the William Shatner of acting in that he always sounds like John Wayne. He's the Duke. You know, Shatner always sounded like but, Shatner. That's kind of an interesting comparison, but... He had a great way of motion about him. He had a great oh, way of cameras. He understood where the camera was at. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew how to line up a shot. His physical abilities were yeah. fantastic. And he worked on that. that yeah. The, the, the yeah. walk, the mannerisms. Yeah.
5: It's all, it's just, it, it's like, it's a piece of art in and of, of itself. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, Hell, you know, the gun shooting yeah.
0: itself—he uh, was, you know, really good with the weapons. That yeah, he was the using way he could screen. hold the guns, the way he could ride the horses.
4: Well, actually, yeah. that he was not good at. But he was good at pretending. He was good yes, at pretending. Good at <laughs> ben Johnson yeah. actually taught him how to ride. Ben Johnson was the horse rider that showed John Wayne how to ride a horse. But yeah, he was great with a gun, mm-hmm. and and just he had almost, um, you know, a a certain grace about him. And I can't, I can't say this without thinking of La Caja Fole or the Birdcage, the, the Robin Williams remake. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've seen these two movies, if our listeners have seen these two movies and if you haven't, why the fuck haven't you? There's a scene where, you know, these, these two gay men have a son and he's going to marry this daughter of this very conservative person. So he's trying to teach, the more masculine of the partners is trying to teach the other one, uh, the, the the other partner, how to kind of butch it up essentially. And he goes, Well, you know, wh- all okay, right, now, now, you know, hold your toast like this. And then, you know, he keeps breaking it and everything. And he goes, Well, walk like John Wayne. And he goes, Well, what was, and he does it like perfectly. And he goes, Well, why? He goes, well, was that, was something wrong with that? And he goes, no, I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. (laughs) And and he did. He had this very, Mm -hmm. you know, dancer-like moves about him when he walked. And many people have imitated it, but very few have ever really hit it. It, it, you know,
5: okay, it's fall, so I had to rake leaves. Yeah. And and, uh, so, I don't know, this is Saturday or Sunday, and I've been watching all these John Wayne movies, and I have this little, uh, fleece vest that i had on and john wayne was always wearing vests all right and uh and my knee was really bothering me so i had like a little knee brace on it so i had my little limp and then so i'm carrying my rake around and i'm watching the john wayne movies and suddenly i'm starting to feel like john wayne because i'm just kind (laughs) of going around the yard and just strutting like john wayne as i'm raking up the leaves there you go (laughs) and it's like you could you can feel the <laughs> – sort of feel the, the essence of John Wayne in yourself. The spirit of the duke is am <laughs> yes, one start, with if, You know, you're kind of getting it together and, you know, it's, it
4: was kind of a weird sensation almost. So Tor, what, what uh, John Wayne movies did you watch? Well I, I assume We're going to go through Movies chronological Then I'll you speak know, up You know we on. don't have To do that Let's just talk about The movies that you guys watch Let's talk about The Duke I'm guessing you yeah, guys we're, Have We're not going to hit This is like probably sure. The first time you've you've Seen many of these movies A few
0: of them yeah, yeah But okay. not all of them I've seen a bunch okay. of them. I didn't right. go back And revisit The Quiet Man Because I don't like That movie And I decided <laughs> not To revisit it Just for my <laughs> well, own yeah. Personal preference no,
5: I didn't like well, it
4: that much. he did. No, over I'm going to Take issue with that That's
0: fine He
5: ended up doing what over like 140 movies or something like 180 that 180 some movies 180. He's man in like 142 right. yeah. so okay i didn't watch them all you didn't watch 142 no, 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 no. Movies? right no no what i'm saying is <laughs> i watched 12 that's and, okay. pretty damn good <laughs> that's awesome tour. And is a that's lot more of movies. movies than
0: you've watched in 10 years probably yeah that's yeah. a lot of movies
5: <laughs> but i've really enjoyed it Awesome.
4: and You know, um, I've been thinking about you, Tor, because I want to say it's IFC has been showing A Clockwork Orange in heavy rotation. Oh, really? <laughs> I just keep gravitating toward it.
0: <laughs> Have you seen that, Tor?
4: Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Tor- yeah. Tori and I are huge fans of A Clockwork Orange. That is a strange movie. It's a rough one. I mean I, I don't know how many years I went as little Alex. I mean <laughs> yeah. I probably still got that fake eyelash and that uh, codpiece. piece and used to go to the Molecular bar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good times.
4: <laughs> hi 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 hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've already done Stanley Kinet. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: well, I just wanted to mention that he the guy he was from Iowa and yes, originally named Marion and didn't get along well, with his mom. <laughs> the guy had some mommy issues, man.
4: Well, I don't know, maybe a few. He was he was actually named originally born Marion Robert Morrison mm-hmm. in nineteen oh seven. Uh they actually changed that to Marion Mitchell Morrison because they had another son and they wanted to name him Robert. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Which is kind of weird, but foreshadowing since when they named him John Wayne, they didn't really ask him. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing the studio decided, like he had done a whole bunch of movies been well, they moved when he was really young out to Hollywood and he became a prop boy and did all this work and then started playing dead guys and you know filling in the little bit parts and I, I saw a couple of clips from when he was really young and yeah. he, he barely sounds like John Wayne like oh no fresh
4: out of puberty well and plus you know you got to remember when, in those movies you know like the talkies yeah were pretty new yet so yeah the technology wasn't awesome oh, he wasn't a yeah. stage
0: actor he had no experience really no. he just eventually caught the eye of some people and then I think yeah. his first real leading thing was like 1930 or so with um, mm-hmm. The Big Trail was the one that really kind of got him as a yeah. Oh, yeah. more established actor. That, that And I think he had, noticed him.
5: he had some good exposure with some good directors mm-hmm. that kind of steered him in the right direction. Yeah.
0: But what, what I was going to say is Big Trail and, is where the directors didn't like his name and they were like, well, there's this general Matt Anthony um, Wayne.
4: Gentlemen, we're getting way ahead of the curve. So oh, so let 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 us begin at the okay. beginning. So as as we mentioned, he was uh, originally born Marion Robert Morrison. Um, he was born in Winterset, Iowa, in 1907. The family relocated to the Greater Los Angeles area when he was nine, and there's there's probably not a lot to say about his early life other than the fact that uh, the reason he got the name the Duke was he had a dog, a really big dog named Duke, and everyone (laughs) called him Little Duke. I love how Indiana Jones is a little bit of a a homage to that. We we named the dog Indiana. (laughs) Indiana.
5: (laughs)
3: That's so great. (laughs)
5: That was a good scene. Well, I I, I imagine they did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Indiana
4: Jones, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But,
0: yeah, he was a big footballer. He wanted to play sports and then had a little bit of an injury, and he wasn't that fast anyway.
4: He actually had a body surfing accident
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. which
4: like in it wasn't on the football field he, he had a body surfing accident it's like I've body surfed and I don't... How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> not sure what the equipment was like back in the day but uh right. if if it was anything like the surfboards which were you know like the size and weight of a pier then yeah, yeah maybe body surfing was pretty dangerous back then too but mm-hmm. so he had a football scholarship to USC and uh, he often commented later in life that if uh, you know he he wouldn't have gotten injured and he would have just you know finished college, he probably would have been a Democrat. So, wow. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and he had talked about
0: how he was a socialist in his youth, you know, yeah. more, and then that gets thrown in his, or got thrown in his face a lot, and he would have to explain himself that he wasn't anymore.
4: But but as you were mentioning uh, before, Victor, he you know he started as a, as, a, as a prop boy. Mm-hmm. In the studios, and and remember again, this this is like the early days of the talkies, and he actually started in the twenties, started as a prop boy, but then later on, people saw you know he was a very tall man, very you know he was like what six four, six five, and you know yeah, like six four, I think, yeah, and and um, you know pretty muscular, had a very real presence about him, so you know he started uh, working as an extra. And he was—he only had one movie where he had uh, the screen credit of Duke Morrison. Right. But then, as you were mentioning earlier, Victor, that uh, that Raúl Walsh actually wanted to call him Anthony Wayne because he was reading a biography about the the mad revolutionary mm-hmm. general.
0: They thought it'd be too Italian. So then they. Um... Settled on uh John.
4: <laughs> yeah, John, John Wayne. And he was not present for any of this. They didn't so just, tell him. So just like when his parents changed his name, God. you know, he got his name changed later on to, oh, by the way, you're John Wayne now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how would you like that where you just come in and, and then obviously that's what you're known as for the rest of your life is Yeah.
0: The big trail was this widescreen release too. It was supposed to be this new format that was gonna take the world by storm, but it didn't. It was kind of a seventy millimeter
4: grandeur mm-hmm. film. So it was probably like an early cinema scope. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it flopped, um, I think, mainly because most theaters around the country didn't, like, have that ability to no. show it. And that was what they were trying to bill it on. Yeah. And-
4: it was kind of weird because the studio system at that time, a lot of the studios owned a lot of the theaters, too. And they decided to shoot this, you know, very – so it would have been like an early IMAX or Cinemascope, yeah. Panoramascope, whatever you want to call it. But then it went, like, way over budget and everything else. But John Wayne did get noticed.
0: So I'm trying to think of any of the – he did a lot of these type of B-movie kind of cowboy films and things like that from The Big Trail till Stagecoach. Have you seen any of those films? Because I'm, I'm trying to think of any of those real old ones that I might have seen before
4: Stagecoach. I've seen a few of his singing cowboy films. Oh, that's right. Um, and they dub in the singing because yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, thank God. John Wayne himself said thank God yeah. because he couldn't you say, know. No. Um
5: I was able to get through 12 films. But I did actually, and I'll probably watch them eventually, I did download a bunch of films, well, maybe three,
0: from archive.org. Yeah, I've got mm-hmm. some of those old ones, too. That
5: are the older ones, but I haven't watched them yet. So they're out there if, if you're interested.
0: Yeah, a lot of these films are available. Just You can grab them on YouTube and watch them if you want to.
5: Yeah, I'm guessing and quite a number have been lost, too, I assume. Didn't read that, but I mean, during that era, era of film, there was not the best... Preservation
4: uh, standards. Well, I think one th- one thing that's worth noting during this period, before he was more or less discovered in 1939 in Stagecoach, okay, was his period of time where he worked for Columbia Pictures, and and I only mention this now because it 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 has bearing in some of his later screen choices because <clears throat> one of the most fascinating things, if you're interested in film, is to look at what people were tapped to play certain roles in these now iconic or classic films, mm-hmm. like we've mentioned that you know Ronald Reagan was the first choice for Casablanca and, <laughs> oh, and so on. God, I want to go to that alternate yeah. reality oh, and, and uh-huh. watch that movie and watch yeah. how bad that oh, would be. God, it would have oh, sucked. So be like Hellcats of the Navy in North yeah. Africa, but. Uh-huh. This one is interesting. Is we'll always have Paris, <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of all the, got
0: <laughs> of all the gin joints and <laughs> all the towns and all the world, and Nance had to walk into mine.
3: <laughs> Nance, <laughs> oh
4: god, yeah. Our three <laughs> was like three six-hour Reagan <laughs> podcast, and we yeah. still didn't even vaguely Five touch the man. All right, <laughs> but. During this period of time in the 30s, uh, the Duke worked for Columbia Pictures. And at the time, uh, the studio chief was Harry Cohn. And somehow or other, there was this misunderstanding where Harry Cohn thought that the Duke was sleeping with this extra that he was having an affair with. And in fact, it wasn't true. <clears throat> and Harry Cohn had the Duke blackballed at a, a lot of studios, very unfairly. And the Duke didn't work for many months because of it. And when he found out about it, he confronted Harry Cohn and grabbed him and slammed him up against the wall and said, you know, knock this off. Well, when he calmed down later on, he said, well, okay, you know what? What's done is done, but as long as I'm an, I'm an actor. I will never ever work for Columbia Pictures again. So, we will just say that, and then we will move on to Stagecoach. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I think we do we all see Stagecoach? Yes. yes. Oh
4: yeah. Yes. I was completely and utterly
0: and totally distracted by the voice of Andy Devine.
2: I just took this job ten years ago so I could make enough money to marry my Mexican girl Julieta, and I've been working hard at it ever since. Bonnie, get over! Who? Oh! Marriage? Certainly. My wife's got more relatives than anyone you ever did see. i bet I'm feeding half the state of Chihuahua. Sweetheart! That seem funny to you about Gatewood. Yeah, and then what do I get to eat when I get home in Lordsburg? Nothing but three holy beans, that's all. Nothing but beans,
0: beans, beans. Yeah. <laughs> worked as Buck and was the voice of Friar Tuck in the animated Robin Hood movie, which drove me absolutely bonkers. But I love the guy so much. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. What's I got beyond Andy Devine? Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> um, my God. <laughs> he reminds me of the kid from uh, uh, They Always Do, uh, on the Simpsons, you know, would you like fries with that, sir? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he, Oh, gee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that voice is so distinctive. Oh I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's such a character. But he
4: was huge at that yeah. time, so yeah. you know he was like
5: the top billed star. Yeah. You know, and, and so Go ahead. okay, this is stagecoach. As you know, a stagecoach is the bus mm. of the Wild West before the trains came through, and it's an ensemble cast. Mm. Where every character in the stagecoach is a very interesting person that has Mm -hmm. their own story. And, uh, of course, John Wayne is one of those. And let's
0: not forget, this is a John Ford film. Yes. So John Ford is the Western director. I would argue mm -hmm. the number one most important Western director. And, you know... At uh, that time. Sure. Yeah, sure. Later on,
4: I would say Clint Eastwood had an equal billing with John Ford. Boy. I would argue that. But, but
0: who was the director? You know, that's the thing, is like, Clint Eastwood was involved as an actor in some wonderful things, and also did some directing himself, but...
4: No, he, he directed himself in some of some of his biggest films. Some of the biggest ones, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're I go mean, over here, Clint. <laughs> hey, Clint, you feeling lucky,
0: punk? Yeah, stand on that block. No, I
4: mean, I, I personally feel. I mean, the collaboration between John Ford and John Wayne is epic. I mean, hugely important. These two, uh-huh.
0: but but John Ford really broke the western genre into a bigger art form than it ever previously was. Oh yeah. Okay.
4: I mean, up until that time, and it became they... big. <laughs> well, shooting on
0: locations, making these big long shots that were, you oh. know risky at the time, incredibly difficult to do. Although I noticed he didn't check the gate a couple times. Probably should have been doing that, but
4: <laughs> you know, go big, shoot it, Monument Valley, yeah. get the Duke. Yeah, I mean, they, those they, are the they, your. Th- three th- those, that was the formula. So he shows
0: yeah. up. The Duke shows up in this film as the Ringo Kid. And that is one of the most iconic shots. Oh, yeah. You know, of the, well, it is the most <laughs> the iconic shot out. of John Wayne ever. Yeah. 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 They just, they just zoom in on him as he's flicking his gun and.
2: <laughs> Hold it! Whoa, steady. Hoo, hoo. Hey, look, it's Ringo. You yeah. Know,
0: it, it's just a great, great shot. Great introduction to his character.
4: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, I,
5: I mean, I think the thing, <clears throat> and speaking of horse riding, He shows up needing a ride on the stagecoach because his horse uh, was lame or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's he's carrying his saddle.
0: He's
4: carrying his saddle and he's got the rifle and you know it's just it's awesome. But it's also important
0: to point out too, isn't this the isn't this the movie that included? Because quite honestly, I've seen enough cowboy movies, especially in the very recent past, (laughs) that they blend together. (laughs) And and one of the reasons that happens is it's it's the studio system. Yes. But all these actors liked each other, and they liked to keep working with each other. So, like American Horror Story, they would just move all the actors into a new set, and we're going to do this book, and you'd be this guy, you'd be the bad guy, you'd be the good guy, I'm the leading man, and... And then you see all these same actors show up again, and it's yeah. really fun because it's uh-huh. you. You grow to like them too, sure. but you get kind of confused and, about. And you what's can imagine if you
5: were a kid, you know, back in the day, and you, and you hit a movie every Saturday, and you see the same. You see the same guys yeah. again playing different That's movies. I cool. mean, it yeah. would have been fun for you. So for what sure. I was, oh, was sure. going to say yeah.
0: originally is, was this the scene that had the uh, him climbing on the horses? Uh, up in front of the stagecoach right. and hanging below it. Because that's one of the most important things that he did with uh, Yakima Canute. Mm-hmm. So Yakima Canute was like the Western stuntman who... All stuntmen look up to, and y- yeah, you, oh yeah, you go Google Yakima Canute. I mean, that's the best name I think ever.
4: In movies. oh, I know. I mean, what an awesome uh, handle right. in and of yeah. itself.
0: I'm Yakima Canute. Yeah, get your ass <laughs> over here. Stand in. <laughs> Someone called Yakima in here. So, so <clears throat> yeah. he did some of the most innovative stunts um that were devised, and he worked them up a lot with uh, yeah. John Wayne. And he so, was
4: in Stagecoach. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know the the great scene where you know the Apaches are attacking, and you know he he gets up on the horses, and mm-hmm. you know yeah, just gets everything all straightened around. But you know yeah, the the thing with uh, the stagecoach that that I, I really truly enjoyed was that, like I say, the, this this marked kind of the beginning of of him you know John Ford and John Wayne's collaboration, and the thing about the the western is that you're right up until then they were they were essentially these kind of um horse soap operas yeah. or singing cowboy little soap operas so they were they were more or less like flickers you know they mm-hmm. were just kind of canned product but he took it you know john ford took it and made it this this real art form and mm-hmm. the western has gone through so many changes over the decades mm-hmm. and that's why i say I think that uh, John Ford and John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, I-, I would put many of their films on exactly the same level. Sure. Simply because,
2: uh,
4: I mean, it's it's There's, apples and oranges yeah, in many yeah. ways because
0: because. Y- we you wouldn't have Clint Eastwood without John Wayne. Exactly. You know, So I think yeah. anyone who says Clint Eastwood's better, well, sure, but you're missing out on the fact yeah. that he's building as an anti-hero based on the heroic yeah. work exactly. of John Ford and John Wayne. You have
4: nothing people. to push against. You if probably you, wouldn't. Right. Yeah.
5: Clint Eastwood may have become an actor and done some great movies, but you probably wouldn't see the great Clint Eastwood westerns. Right. right. The spaghetti yeah. westerns.
0: We yeah. could do a whole other podcast about, about Clint's western work. And
4: perhaps we will. <laughs> this is not a bad idea. (laughs) File that for later. Um,
0: But yeah, I I love cleaning sweat. And when I was a kid growing up, you know, as a Gen Xer, we kind of had all of it at the same time because right. cable television was in its infancy and you had TBS wanting to fill these blocks with cheap films. Right. So you'd get these war films. You'd get Kelly's Heroes on sometimes and mm-hmm. you know then it would switch to all these other war movies and then it'd go mm-hmm. through these Western uh, – you'd be watching Clint Eastwood films and then you'd watch a John Wayne film and you'd go, oh, that John Wayne stuff's a little hokey, without realizing that it happened 20 years before if you know more, the Clint Eastwood yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that this whole genre is really interesting. And some of these movies, I mean, maybe we could do a quick rundown at the end of ones we really recommend people go see. But some of these movies, like Stagecoach, you know, nineteen thirty nine, and wow. this movie has classic characters and a great plot. Yeah, and you know, John Carradine as, as the gunfighter guy was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
5: he was good. Uh, which guy was the banker again? Because this, this, this is a time machine character here. Okay, we'll call him the banker. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's one of the passengers on the stagecoach. And this is 1939, yet they took a character from the 21st <laughs> century. Yeah. He, he is a huge blowhard. Talking about oh the how great the banks are and how the government shouldn't be regulating them (laughs) and how
4: and there was almost like no regulation at that time right
5: and you you know the banks are just special they do no wrong and everything's great about bankers and he's all talk Mm -hmm. about how great the bankers are but of
4: course remember this is also too at the end of the depression too right yeah yeah.
5: Turns out he's on the stagecoach because w- he's stolen uh, $50,000 <laughs> right. from yeah. his bank. And Little he's on and the, the run. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 50, well, yeah, you haven't
0: seen the movie from 1939? Fuck <laughs> you. Hey, no, actually, <laughs> you, actually, know, actually they, you can figure this out. This is all spoilers. They, These movies are all very old. Just go watch them.
5: No, they, the, the – well, the, the cr- Cast doesn't know he stole the money right. until the end of the movie, but it, it's a very early scene in the movie where they show him taking the money out of the safe and right. putting it in a bag and then calling for a ride on the stagecoach. So
4: you can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be guessing, though, that that a lot of our listeners, Victor, probably mm-hmm. haven't watched these movies.
0: I would guess so, but I also don't mind if I spoil. I mean, if there's something I really oh, well, worry of about, of but... <laughs> Yeah.
4: I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. with these movies, it's not so much. Okay, you, you've totally ruined. It. Like it's 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 this uh, yeah. you know M Night Shyamalan kind of surprise <laughs> right, ending. Right. It's it's just
0: it's a story being told, and watching it unfold is what's fun. Yeah. Watching how the characters make decisions yeah. against the different backdrops oh, exactly. is what's important.
5: So Claire tre- uh, Trevor was great as Dallas.
4: Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, and. I, I think too, like you know, 1939 was was the year for movies. I mean, you you've got Stagecoach, mm-hmm. you've got Wizard of Oz, you've got Gone with the Wind, and there's there's many many more. But I mean, 1939 mm-hmm. is like the golden re- year. Remember,
5: and this is the beginning of the era which lasted uh, decades. Where if you're going to make a movie, you have to make the decision: Are we going to shoot it in black and white? or Are we going to shoot it in color? Because they would do it, you know, obviously, Wizard of Oz was color and... Uh, technicolor. Stage, technicolor and stagecoach.
4: <laughs> <clothes. laughs> not not color that humans normally perceive. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it looks really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Adventures of Robin Hood, I mean, if if I yeah. watch that thing for, like, two minutes, I'm going to watch the whole thing. And I've seen yeah. it probably, like, 50 times. Right. So, right. so it, it
5: it's interesting. and And you get great films in both the color and black and white areas. I also
0: also read that uh, Orson Welles watched this movie over and over and over again, preparing for Citizen he loved it. He loved this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Absolutely. (laughs) Also another one of our podcasts. But now, I think that we have to make a slight diversion now. All right. In that he's, you know, started the movies as a prop boy in the late 20s, worked probably 80 or more films mm-hmm. as, you know, these kind of, you know, stock extra cowboy soap operas. And then, you know, here he's working with John Ford. This is his big breakthrough movie. Even though The Big Trail was, you know, good as well, it just didn't get seen by a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we come to a very crucial period, and this is when I think that, that affected John Wayne for the rest of his life. And I think in many ways explains, perhaps doesn't excuse, but, but explains, um, many of his right wing positions, uh, for the rest of his life. Goal. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we, we have the attack on Pearl Harbor, Mm -hmm. December, 1941. And the Duke, and and this is like, I say, one of those kind of focal periods, this would be like your quantum leap, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he, that'd be a great quantum leap. Go it, ahead. It would be an awesome quantum <laughs> leap. But he he did in fact want to join the service. Mm-hmm. And and here's one of the things that you have to understand about the studio system. It was very overarching. It was very fascist. Uh, they could rename you. They could put out whole new biographies about you. They could pair you with people that you don't even you know vaguely know. You know just just to sell the product. But it wasn't always consistent. So when uh, America entered World War II, there were, in fact, a lot of actors who did join active military service like Jimmy Stewart.
0: Right. Can I pause for one second interrupt sure. you? This is really kind of a neat aside, but dumb. They couldn't find John Wayne. We should mention John Wayne was a massive drinker by then. He drank tons of tequila, six-pack-a-day smoker. He partied, and when the war broke out... Yeah. they couldn't find John Wayne because he was in Mexico he was on he was with a buddy of his and, and they were shooting and he was just out partying and they could not find him to get a statement to get him to say anything that's where I'd fucking be that's what I was thinking <laughs> that's what I was thinking would be a good quantum leap all right you leap in and, that
4: right well, and you're that's John Wayne wrong. in yeah. the middle of
0: a drunk three towns deep into Mexico Duke. and you have to somehow fight your way out of Mexico
4: <laughs>
0: to, <laughs> to finish your your know, career as an actor, Do is the happiest place on earth? I grant you, but damn it! Yeah, he is a big fan of tequila, wow. and, and you know, and and reportedly he they had to get all his shots done generally in movies, you know, every year, but they tried to plan getting shooting done with him by noon because he was a mean drunk, and they didn't want to have to deal with him afternoon, and he because he and he didn't wow. like
4: and he didn't like retakes, right? Uh-huh. So the, okay, he, so, he, I'll be the dick. Yeah, so That's, so like. For instance, I mean, flashing way ahead, when they did The Greatest Story Ever Told, oh, and God. he's the Roman centurion, and he's at the end, and uh, Max oh, von Sydow, um, probably the world's greatest Norwegian <laughs> actor, is, is playing Jesus. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Can we find someone more Aryan? You guys,
0: you guys just wait until next Jesus. fucking Easter, because I am going
4: to be calling your house and saying, hey... King of Kings is on now. <laughs> greatest story ever told. You're gonna fucking watch them. And
0: <laughs> we should do a whole podcast commentary of like greatest story ever told. Oh god, or we just talk about oh. it while it's playing.
4: It's so, like
0: a riff tracks.
4: It's so hard to watch yeah, but, in so but many ways. We'll, but. we'll
0: save some Pennsylvania Dutch
4: for the Easter season. Oh God, yeah.
0: You know, we'll, we'll find a good amount of that. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm
4: sure it'll be nice and alienation chunky by that time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, we'll find
0: some other way.
5: All right,
4: fuck Nick. You were
5: saying John Wayne, the beginning of World War II, turning point, turning point. Um, oh, well, I
4: didn't. I didn't finish my story, about the greatest story I ever told. Oh, this all is right. true. Oh, so so, so <laughs> he was. He you know all he had to do. He dressed up as a Roman centurion and Max on side walks, you know, and he's all beaten up and he's carrying the cross and, you know, whatever. And all he had to do was <laughs> assume in. I'm kind of an upshot, you know, kind of up angle shot. And he holds up his sword and he goes, truly, this man is the son of God. Well, he kept saying, could, could Mr. Wayne, could you, could you um do that another take? And you go, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, and he every one of them was just exactly the same. And, and then finally they just said, Look, can can you not do it like John Wayne? And he goes, No. And by this time, of course, he's just fucking hammered. Yeah. And like, really not. Really, it's like, Look, we're going to just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, this man is a son oh of God. God. I'm fucking out of here.
2: <laughs> I got oh shit God. to
4: do. <laughs> Anyways, going back to World War II. Now, again, the studio system was not consistent. So there were a lot of actors who did serve in the military, but but many of them served, you know, like with the USO, Entertainment Service, and so forth. But there were notable examples who, who did do active service, mm-hmm. like Jimmy Stewart. You know, I mean, he flew 25 bomber combat missions when, you know, 25 missions was pretty much a death sentence. Wow. Uh, Glenn Ford... Marine, no recon. wonder you had that stutter. But, okay. Yeah, was, <laughs> actually, I think that cured it up okay. until then, you know, because that was kind of like, you know, like it's a wonderful life. Oh, Mary, yeah, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, I, I shouldn't say it. it's a wonderful life was actually done after. He did yeah. his service in the war, but yeah, okay, he he kind of straightened out after. Then he started to see movies like Winchester 73 and stuff like that, and it was like, eh, not so much. Yeah. But in any case, John Wayne did, in fact, want to serve in the military, mm-hmm. and- this is where it gets somewhat confusing and it's hard to to really he kept making excuses truth. like
0: i gotta do this filming and they're not gonna accept that i've got to <sighs> well, i gotta write in this application and i just don't have a typewriter right now and there, yeah. there,
4: there were and this is I yeah i say, slipped on a rug
0: see <laughs> and uh yeah that's the ticket <laughs> no, and I, I just couldn't
4: enroll <laughs> I, I honestly don't think that he did try to avoid the draft no but this is where it gets very cloudy.
0: And it's haunted him the rest of It, it haunted, haunted him the rest, the rest of, of his life. life
4: that he did not serve in the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Because remember, again, he was born in 1907. This was the generation that this was your calling. You went to war. This is what you were going to do. And especially with all the, the characters that he played, you know, which were very ultra-American and right. American values and so forth. And certainly a lot of war movies that he did. At that time... So he had two things working against. Number one, he he did have injuries that would have kept him from active duty. He That's was married. Body surfing. Right. He was. Well, I mean, and he was married. And mm-hmm. uh, 1939 was his big break. And yeah, he was doing films. So the studio's. My my personal feeling is is that the studios fixed it so he did not have to serve. But in any case, there's <laughs> there's a new biography out. It, uh, it was it's just this year by uh, Scott Iman, who wrote of uh, this biography about John Wayne, which was I I actually read and was fascinating. And I would it, it haunted him the rest of his life, and he became this kind of ultra patriot, ultra right winger. Although still not as right wing necessarily as, as what we're experiencing now, and this has a lot to do with the character that he kind of became, but not not completely. So that being said, <clears throat> let's move on past uh, his non service in the Second World War. Let's make sure as we go chronologically
5: along, we hit movies that we want to talk to about. So, what year are you move into Sputnik?
4: Well, I I wanted to talk about his his first color film, Shepherd of the Hills, 1941, which he did with uh, Harry Carey. Okay, uh, which was very good. He although, worked with Harry
0: Carey Jr. and Senior, although for there were, a lot of his career.
4: And, and if if you will forgive me for just a moment to look this up, I just want to get the name correct. But there was a movie that he did about this period of time, if not a bit before. Oh, I it was, was actually Cecil made a 19- Mill. No, no, no. It was actually 1939, the same year he did Stagecoach. He did Allegheny Uprising. Okay. And that is a fascinating film. And it's color, and the Duke is the Duke, but not quite the Duke. I will say this, and I will say this now. The Duke was at his best when he played a prick. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So even when it was a simulated prick. And
0: let's say a prick before 1969. Because when he was a prick later on, it just was... And we'll get to it. We'll get then to it. Then it was but
4: prickish. It, it was just <laughs> it was just stupid. And so I I really well, want to I bitch mean, about some of it. The late sixties, seventies were not oh the dude's key period. Oh okay. My well, God. we're gonna get to okay, that. Okay,
0: fine. But but yes, yeah. in his early career, when he's playing a jerk, that he was really good at
4: it and it was So the movies yeah. that I'm talking like Allegheny Uprising is one of those movies where he plays this very troubled character and it's very good. It's it's it has a sense of the Ringo kid, but it's a little different too and it is a color film and if if you get a chance to watch it it's it's very interesting but getting back to the duke being a prick the movies that i'm thinking of would be like the searchers red river which he did with Howard Hawks. That was the only movie he did with Howard Hawks. Which John Ford mm-hmm. said later, oh, maybe not the only film no, he did. No, with he, he had it. a good
0: collaboration. He, he yes, collaboration. Yes, yeah,
4: you're right. Yeah. but that I think that was one of the first. And and John Ford said uh, afterwards, when he saw Red River for the first time, he mm-hmm. said, "Who knew the big guy could actually act?"
0: <laughs> I didn't know the big son of a bitch could. Yeah, have. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he did Reap the Wild Wind in 1942. That was his only Cecil B. DeMille film. Right. Um. Not you know. Nothing I really want to say about it other than other than that.
4: Cecil B. DeMille was a shitty director. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> well, I'm fine with these. Wait. That. What? Did you just say only 1942 film?
0: Or with he was the only film he did with Cecil oh, B. DeMille. Oh, yeah. So in
5: 1942, uh, he did Flying Tigers, which of course, as you know, was the volunteer fighter squadron in China before the U.S. was officially involved in World War II.
4: And it took and, until the 90s until they finally copped to the fact. Oh, really? That, yeah. Even so, though they uh, made the film about it? Yes! <laughs> yes! And they had Baba Black Sheep, which is now on MeTV on Sundays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Dun, 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 dun. Hey! <laughs> I feel is, like
0: they should be a sponsor. One thing I don't know... <laughs> a long maybe, dead TV show They, as a they called
5: uh, Wayne's character, I think occasionally they really refer... He was a Captain... Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. but occasionally they referred to him as Pappy.
2: Nice. Yes.
5: So yes. I'm wondering, did Greg Boynton pick up the Pappy from the film or hard. the other way around? It's hard to say <laughs> because
4: it was for the same reason, because, because yeah. he was so much older than the rest of the guys. Not a lot. Yeah. I mean, he was like maybe in his early 30s and they were all like in their early 20s. So he's right. like the yeah. old fart. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's this is 1942 and they
5: do a Flying Tigers movie. Yeah. And they in they include the scene where they listen on the radio of FDR's speech after Pearl Harbor in December 7th, 1941. It was right. maybe December 8th when he did the radio thing, but so then the movie came out in 42, which I mean that's a pretty tight time frame. So it's really yeah. the movie's happening like kind of a lot like Sierra. It's happening right after events kind of really right. happened. Right. Right. Um but they you know the Flying Tigers flew the P forties, which I've always been
4: fascinated by that plane. Oh, I I, those, had a, yes. I had a model when I was a little kid. Oh please, yes.
5: But I, the, I, on the, I, in the in the movie you see two different P forties. The the ones taxing on the ground have yeah. these bumps on the top. Right. And apparently they were movie set models, mm-hmm. and there was a V8 engine and the, the those were covering up parts of the engine that were right. sticking out. <laughs> Probably like
4: intakes or something. Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. And then, But then they did have some uh, P-40s that uh, flew for the in-sky shots, although most of the stuff in the sky was just models.
4: What was fascinating is, about that movie, too, yeah. is that when they went to the Japanese pilots, I mean, they they just oh, looked yeah. so cartoonish. And they always got shot in the face. Yeah,
5: It exactly. was <laughs> <is> like nuts, <laughs> man. It was like... You, they, 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 the glass would break, and they'd grab their face. Yeah, like blood, blood yeah, blood blood capsules yeah. <laughs> crushing. <Ooh.
4: laughs> oh, it was nuts! You had to die horribly.
5: But you know, in, in a way, I think a lot of times, John Wayne in the movies, he he's kind of the anchor character. Yeah. He's kind of the stable personality. Yeah, you know, the slow talking, but very sure of himself. Often is. In many of the movies, he's like always kind of doing the right thing. Oh, absolutely! Um, the this Flying Tigers movie, which although it's based on a real event, site, none of the characters are, are real. Um,
4: ah, on it! Who was who was the? He was you. I think I know you're, the, you're talking about the, the guy the, who was the hot dog, the hot dog, and, piling, and he yeah. had like the Sam Smoot mustache. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of the Sam Smoot mustache because at that period of time in the you know you you got these guys that that their hair was like so greased back and then they had this this mustache that was impossibly thin and shaved it's like yeah, how, how do yeah. you do that
5: <laughs> oh he was really yeah really slick he almost kind of seemed like a howard hughes type of character yes he did yeah yeah, yeah. but uh you know so he's the hot shot and, and you know they were paid per kill it's part of their contract. So he's right. going to make all the money and everything. Yeah. But then the movie shows how as the war progresses, he realizes it's more about the money and it's, you know, fighting the war and, you know, so yeah. it, it was a cool plot. And, um, oh yeah. It
4: was, it was the P forties. And wasn't that like a Republic pictures too. And um, and at the end they had, you know, like, you know, buy war bonds in the lobby. <laughs> it probably, was like, oh, yeah. awesome. I would like to buy war bonds yeah. in the lobby. <laughs> yeah.
5: It was Republic pictures. So, uh, yeah. Probably I, had a pri- I really private Snafu
4: it. cartoon
0: in the beginning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably, <laughs> I'm sure it did.
5: Yeah, I love using the Snafu uh, L, uh, acronym at work.
0: I like using so. it in our theme song.
5: Yeah. <laughs> but I pretty much go straight to FUBAR. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I missed out on that one, but I, I got to see the, the dreadful 1942 film,
4: Pittsburgh.
5: Oh, dude.
4: Have you
0: seen Pittsburgh?
4: Yes, I have.
0: It's just a coal commercial. It's a commercial for coal companies in 1942. <sighs> really? Where John Wayne plays Pittsburgh Markham in the Pittsburgh city of Pittsburgh coal mining. Right. Did I say
4: Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Marlene Dietrich is not it. Who he had an affair <laughs> with for many years. Oh, my God. Now, try to... <laughs> how... I keep trying to play that over in my head over and over again. Marlena Dietrich was was one of these excruciatingly, okay, when, like, if you if you ever saw the Blue Angel, the original Blue Angel, of course, I love the film because it's, you know, so Weimar Republic. I mean, this, this was cabaret before they had a word for it. And Marlena Dietrich was one of these people that came from a very strict Prussian family, and her father was, you know, career military. And she was, you know, one of these very bohemian, European, Weimar Republic kind of Germans. You know, she was married, and she had affairs with other men, and her husband knew about it. And her husband had affairs with women, and they knew about very open marriage, and very out there. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what it had to be the sacks because i i just can't imagine what these two would be talking about <laughs> wait,
0: you got to remember that john wayne was an amateur chess player and the guy was no dummy i mean no, no. he played dummies he played really well very yeah but, he was a
4: very accomplished chess player yeah actually. i mean mm-hmm. yeah and he could quote milton and shakespeare by memory and... exactly
0: so i don't want to give anyone the impression that we think john wayne was no no
4: no 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 no, no. A yeah. by any means no but I, i'm just saying you know, when you think of the Duke, you know, he's this, you know classic, straight shooting American iconic character, and mm-hmm. I realize you know that's just a character. But but, but he then, did I mean, like to he think.
0: did like to do the manly manly things. Yeah, like he really yeah. liked to do anything that was kind of manly manly. Yeah, well,
4: yeah. not like not like Ernest Hemingway manly manly, but close. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, you know, he played poker, he played bridge, he yeah. drank and he smoked with the boys, and I'm sure he did some whoring, but you know. What the hell? I mean, that's I mean not not I mean that's we not, call that Saturday. Well, I don't. I,
5: <laughs> but <laughs> he made it manly, manly because he was John Wayne. Wow, well, <laughs> he was like, well, boys, do you want to play some poker, little five card stud?
4: Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, when, right. when I say that, it's a euphemism. <laughs> do you know the word euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say this about that. Well, Let's gotta, do the rest
5: of the podcast and John Wayne. Just, just do it watch and, and don't watch
0: Pittsburgh. It was, like the, it was a okay. horrible, horrible oh, All right, fine. So, I, I don't know. What What did we, 1943? He made well, all
4: these, you know, the fighting CBS flash, and all that. I'm going to flash forward to 44 where he did the fighting Seabees. <laughs> He played Wedge Donovan. Wedge. And his friends called him Wedgie. <laughs> Wedgie. No, no they didn't.
5: Is that where the uh, Wedge got his name in The Empire Strikes Back? Possibly. Let's hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A new hope. A new hope, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs>
4: actually, The Fighting Seabees is very memorable. It's 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 one of those films, again, it's it's very much like Flying Tigers. And, like, mm. you know, the Japanese are, are very Japanese. And, <laughs> you know, and it's they're just fighting back the, you know, evil yellow hordes. Uh-huh. But it's it's one of the it's one of the the eight movies of all the movies that the Duke made where he buys it. Oh, so so after
0: 1944, he made some good films. I would only want to talk about 1948, which was like a another water break year for him. I, I, unless you guys have something before 1948 you want to talk about or mention uh, that people no, should see.
4: No, I I was. He did a couple of war movies in '45. They were Expendable and Back to Mm Batan, which I'm sure were very painful for him to make because you know the war was over and you know he didn't serve and (laughs) yeah. He's getting more (sighs)
0: conservative day by day. Yeah, that's just making
4: that's just (laughs) driving it the stake in harder.
0: Well. I don't know which one to talk about first, but in 1948, he did Red River and Fort Apache in the same year.
4: And Three Godfathers. Yes. So, yeah. That I was... think of those
0: three, the most important film
4: is Red River. Oh, and also Wake, <laughs> Wake of the Red Witch. Yeah. Which he named his uh, production company after. Not Red Witch, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think... That Red... was the sailing duke. <laughs> I think Red
0: River was the movie that that was the movie that uh, John Ford said I didn't know that big son of a bitch could act because in Red right. River he that's he's he plays a son of a bitch oh yeah and and they're doing this he, first cattle drive across
4: he's actually kind of a psycho mm-hmm. in, in the movie and Montgomery Clift is so fucking awesome can
0: we take a time out and talk about Montgomery Clift yes please Montgomery Clift is a really brilliant one of the very first Method actors. Yes. And he was just a beautiful guy, a wonderful guy, um, a gay man or yes. bisexual man. But I think gay and I would being, assume gay yeah. at the time being bisexual, I think to hide the fact that he was gay so that he could yeah. continue acting and have a career.
4: But I think a lot of people knew about it. But and and it was a well-kept secret. And he was good friends with Liz uh,
0: Taylor. Liz, Liz Taylor. And, yeah. and, and it was uh, so in this film at this time. He it was pre-accident Montgomery Cliff.
4: Oh, that 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 accident was so horrible because
0: he was leaving a party with a friend, probably drunk driving or something. I don't think that's ever really explained. I don't I don't know all the details of it, but he was in a horrible accident that mm-hmm. crushed his face. Yes. And mangled him. And uh, a, what, what movie unlike... was he? Do you remember what movie he was filming? Not unlike Luke Skywalker, yes, <laughs> yeah. in, Corvette, in Summer. Corvette Summer or Corvette Bummer. yeah. Um, he, he was filming a movie, and the movie uh, did great box office because right. he finished it, and and people right. wanted to see because part of his face was paralyzed, and right. And uh,
4: he was never right. I mean, if if you saw right him again. in movies, I mean, even a year before and then after, it wasn't the same. In fact, if if you saw his performance in Judgment at Nuremberg, he plays. Oh have, yeah, that's right. Yes, he he <laughs> plays this man who's. Um, they're testifying <laughs> against this Nazi judge, uh, Bert Lancaster. <laughs> I mean, Bert Lancaster a Nazi? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> But he was a good actor, so yeah, okay, I (laughs) Mm -hmm, bought it. mm -hmm. Werner Klemper was also in that. Oh, nice. Hogan. (laughs) Hogan? (laughs) (laughs) Clink, I want you to marry my sister, (laughs) Gertrude. But anyways, um, Montgomery Clift is is playing a character who's, I would say, probably developmentally disabled, mentally retarded in some way. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he was in such bad physical shape that he like couldn't stop, you know, he, you know, had the shakes, and, and he also was couldn't just remember his lines at all, and couldn't remember his lines. So and they it's were like so obvious <laughs> and he, in the performance. Well, well, in the performance, he
0: he was on he was on the stand. And he's supposed to give that big speech, and they were like. Just just say what's in your heart. Yeah. Because you're not don't worry about the lines. Right. Just just say what you think the character would say and say things. Yeah. And they had him just say a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And then they just spliced it together.
4: I love Judgment in Nuremberg. Oh that's my God. That's one of my favorite movies. Brutal. <clears throat> I love that I love that scene with Spencer Tracy, who's, you know, pretty much on his last legs by this time. And Marlena Dietrich. And they're in a in a beer garden together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course the Germans are drinking and, uh, this is like, you know, immediately right after the war, like 46 Mm -hmm. and, um, the Germans are drinking and they're banging their, um, Steins on the table and it sounds, you know, like, you know, marching and everything. And Marlena Mm -hmm. Dietrich, you know, and I can't, I can't talk about Marlena Dietrich, who I adore. Mm -hmm. is like one of my favorite actors, like right up there with Greta Garbo. Sure. But, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about her and not think of Madeline Kahn in in, in Blazing Saddles. I just <laughs> yeah. can't, as a Teutonic tit willow. Yeah, but then she goes, "Well, you don't think we're monsters, do you? <laughs> you know." And meanwhile, they're going like, boo, 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 boo. It's like, "Well, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little but, bit." But
0: I did want to say they they talk about Montgomery Clift as the slowest suicide in Hollywood. Oh no
4: shit! Because
0: he was sliding off that cliff for years, and yeah, and I always wondered if um, the REM song off of automatic for the people was about monty python or whatever yeah but it's a total monty cliff they're 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 totally singing about uh, monty cliff sure or
4: or, or it could be nate swimming (laughs) (laughs) Both really.
0: (laughs) but uh, but it was i don't know i really like the guy and he was wonderful in this film you know who wasn't wonderful was the guy who played uh cherry valance um Oh, Joe Ireland, was yeah, that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was such... John Ireland, maybe. He was such a drunk on set that they decided to uh, shorten his scenes and remove him from scenes. Oh, yeah. And to the point where he gets shot at the end, it seems like no one gives a shit what happens right. to Cherry Valance. They right. don't even... No, yeah. Fuck Cherry Valance. Yeah. We don't even give <laughs> You're a shit. A dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick. But, but I think it was just because the actor himself was such a dick on, on set. Yeah. But um, you also had uh, the original Groot in that movie... Mm-hmm. Played by Walter um, Brennan. Yeah, uh, Walter his, Brennan. Walter Brennan. Nobody tells me nothing about what's going on here. I, I you got to give me back for my teeth. Yeah. I, I, I can't use
4: my teeth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Well, well, I mean, he shows up everywhere, but um, his his character's name was Nadine Groot, which has got to be it's got to be the origin of Nadine Groot. Be. There's
4: no way it's that just that's got to be a coincidence. It can't be a yeah. coincidence.
0: So, uh, yeah, he plays the the best buddy of John Wayne, who's yeah, uh, girlfriend gets killed. I don't know. It's just yeah, and then you're just
4: hanging, man, and then saying words over him.
0: Red River is a wonderful film.
4: It's one of those movies. It, this is definitely, if, if you haven't seen this movie, watch this. It's movie. an
0: iconic western and yeah. uh, truly is a, a beautiful. What's that film? line
4: that he says with the other the other gunslinger where he says something like, um, "It's it's a really good gun." There's there's two things in the world you should have. Like it's like um, you ever you ever had a Swiss watch? You know what it is? it almost <laughs> sounds kind of like. What? There are two <laughs> things
0: more beautiful than a good gun: a Swiss watch or a woman from anywhere. Ever had a good Swiss watch?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: what that's
4: that's a little bit homoerotic, right <laughs> okay. there. It's like, what are you? Excuse me, baking yeah. powder. <laughs> But that's, that's a great film. And Fort Apache, we must mention, is the first movie in the Cavalry Trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Very important.
0: But that's a John Ford film, uh, Monument Valley. Uh,
4: yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Monument Valley, I, I mean, I think they were pretty much all shot in Monument Valley as far as John Ford is yeah, concerned.
5: Well, it, there's a, I think it's a tourist trap now, but there's a, a, a movie studio like called Old Tombstone or something, or Old Tucson near uh, Tucson, New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. I've I'd, been there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd like to go there someday and check
4: it out. Yeah, it's it's very neat. Monument Valley is is so breathtaking. It's it's unbelievable. And I mean I I can understand why. And they must have they must it's, have been using like, you know, three four stops down on a huge red filter to to get you know, just the detail. It's, it's yeah. almost, you know.
5: Is that near Tucson as well? No, no. no Monument
4: no. Valley is in Utah. Utah, yeah. okay. Well, part of it, anyways. Yeah, so. I got to work on my geography. All right. No, that's fine. Well, right. No, you're yeah. American. This, this okay. is how we learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, John, Fort Apache is the, the first installment of the Cavalry trilogy. And it, which, it
0: doesn't matter. They're, they're not the same. No, no, it no. It doesn't matter who anyone is.
4: But <laughs> you, you, you get... So the the, the the other two movies are She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, which, again, is a classic Duke movie. Absolutely. And Rio Grande. Yeah. We're getting to the good stuff now. Yeah. And uh, this is when you really start to see the John Wayne posse. Mm-hmm. Ward Bond, Ben Johnson, um kyle mclaughlin oh mclaughlin yeah yeah uh, i
0: love that not kyle mclaughlin uh, victor mclaughlin victor
4: mclaughlin thank, <laughs> you. McLaughlin. thank you thank you he's from twin peaks victor i was blanking <laughs> no I, that's awesome
0: i love victor he's awesome you know he's not even irish the guy's british i know he's like a prize fighting uh boxer right <laughs> and uh yeah he just got into acting because it was something to do but he
4: played he played irish in everything Everything was Irish, yeah,
0: yeah. and drunk Irish. And oh, yeah, you get, you get the British guy to be a drunk Irishman—that's pretty easy to <laughs> do, <right>. I guess.
4: <laughs> and, and and Three Godfathers is a very touching movie, and and I would also very much recommend.
0: Oh, but you gotta you gotta mention if we're gonna talk about Fort Apache, it's got Shirley Temple in it as a love interest as a
4: young ingenue. Yeah.
0: I did not recognize her. I mean wow. yeah, holy cow. I know, right? And then Henry Ford. Or I mean Henry Henry Ford. And Henry Fonda. <laughs> Henry Fonda plays <laughs> uh, you know, plays the uh, Henry Fonda's, Henry Fonda's
4: <laughs> out west looking for Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those all those Indians are Jews. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> no, no, you're right. Um, Have you read my pamphlets? <laughs> yeah, have you read the Dearborn Independent? I'll get That's you a, a really subscription.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: How about the Protocols of the Elder <laughs> yes. Zion? Have you read that? It's all true. <laughs> Me and my, my, my good friend A. Hitler. <sighs>
5: <sighs> <But laughs> wow. Well, Business yeah. moguls malip- manipulating the media. Why does that sound familiar? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, No kidding. But no, that that movie is is really great. And, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it the, the dance Pinchy. scene, you mm-hmm. know, where they, they, they have the cotillion. All
0: the propriety that goes on oh, in, the, in it, the fort. It base. was awesome. Yeah. And it set the stage for the other two films really well.
4: Yeah. And, and also in 1948, I say, Wake of the Red Witch, mm-hmm. which is a big... And another movie where the Duke buys it. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Duke was a sailor. He, he owned a boat.
0: Was it the Wild Goose, the Minesweeper? The
4: wild Goose.
0: Yeah, Converted Minesweeper. <laughs> converted
4: Minesweeper. I mean, that had to be awesome. I mean, how huh. would you love to party on the Wild Goose with the Duke and Wait, Ward so Bond? so this wasn't in a movie. This was actual actual no, no, no. hobby life. he had. Y- yeah. He had a Converted
5: Minesweeper. Yeah. Mines. Wow. yeah. cool Was it one of the Minesweepers built in Wisconsin?
4: possibly built right here in manitowoc oh yeah, yeah. hey you want which wisconsin, is a Wisconsin here's a
0: wisconsin connection so howard hawks directed a bunch of these movies like red river yeah. howard hawks was the guy who got acting out of john wayne that right. made uh john ford really take notice and go okay let's keep pursuing this and we'll push john wayne a little further in, right. in these directions mm-hmm. howard hawks grandfather was a paper magnet up in Nina, Wisconsin.
4: Wow. wow Yeah. So
0: Howard Paper Company.
4: I worked in a paper mill there. <laughs> yeah. <Wow>. Howard <laughs> Howard Paper Company. He eventually
0: sold the sold the paper company, but um Howard Hawks was rich, you know, all his life. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And wow. he, his grandpa lavished him with, you know, gifts, whatever he wanted, and he could do whatever he wanted and could do no wrong. And uh he eventually right. went off to private school and whatnot, became the big director. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit pompous. Like if you like one actor, uh I don't remember what movie it was. One actor called him Howard. Yeah. And all his scenes were cut from the film and he received his credits and he was sent home immediately.
4: Whoa. Because he
0: didn't call him Mr. Hawks.
4: There you Whoa. go. So I'm like, holy shit. Don't fuck around. Yeah, that's the Duke the Duke though ridiculous. in Red River, Whoa. you know what I think I like the most about him is he had that white hair you know yeah like you never i mean other than she wore a yellow ribbon you don't really see the duke with white hair and that was that was cool that made him more psycho because he had this young face but he had this was like snow white hair because it was black and white and wow. well i mean
0: when he when he tells montgomery Clift, you know you know if i see you again i'm gonna kill you <laughs> you know it's like oh <laughs> you're yeah. just laying yeah. it
4: all out there <laughs> that's right yeah just we're not fucking around mm-hmm. So now we move on to 1949, which was another landmark year for the Duke. Yeah. She wore a yellow ribbon, Sansa v. Jima, Rio Grande. So the other two movies of the Cavalry Trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Sansa v. Ujima. If you haven't seen Sansa v. Jima, what the fuck are you waiting on?
0: Yeah, I mean, wow. it, and it's the same cast of characters in most of these films.
4: Well, yeah. John Agar's again
0: and in... John Agar, yeah, uh, Ward Bond. Ben yeah. Johnson, Harry Carey Jr. Yeah, Jr. <laughs> 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 Harry Carey Jr. Yeah. <laughs>
4: you know, He's one <laughs> I, I'd wash it all down with a what, a tall, cool Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, you're Will Ferrell,
3: Harry <laughs>
2: Carey impersonation. Hi, <laughs> hey, If you were a hot dog... <laughs> and you were starving, would you eat yourself? What? I know I would. First, I'd smother myself with brown mustard and relish. I'd be so delicious. So would you? I don't know. Don't jerk me around, Norm. It's a simple question. A baby could answer it. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I guess so. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. (laughs) Harry (gasps) Carey! Cops win! Cops Cops win! (laughs) Cops win!
5: So, uh, in light my ignorance, is there a relationship between the actor Harry Carey and the uh, sportscaster Harry Carey?
0: I don't believe so. No. Okay. But but there's a Harry Carey senior actor and a Harry Carey junior actor. Okay. And the junior was more of the heartthrob in these kind of films.
4: Not like at all. Alan Hale and Hale Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the skipper was not in the Adventures of Robin Hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Destination Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> I really
0: like she wore a yellow ribbon. That was another good one.
4: That's one <clears throat> where he is with Maureen O'Hara. Now, gentlemen, let me take a moment, if I may, to say I worship at the shrine of Maureen O'Hara. I think she is one of the most fabulous actors ever.
0: Wait, was this Joanne Drew, though, in this one? Uh, she wore a yellow ribbon?
4: Well, yeah, she wore a yellow ribbon. I was I was oh, thinking oh. of Rio Grande. Sorry. Because right. it's the same year. She wore a <laughs> yellow yes, ribbon in yes, Rio Grande. Yes.
0: I was I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, so in She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, he's like Captain Nathan Brittles, and he's retiring from the cavalry and everything. And, and, and then has the usual cast of characters, you know, Ward Bond. Yep, yep, yep. Victor mm-hmm. and so on. But in Rio Grande, he, he has—and it's a little bit weird, too, because—well, uh, I shouldn't say—Rio Grande was actually 1959, 1949, but Rio Grande was shot in uh, black and white. So the only color movie of the of the Cavalry trilogy is She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. But I, I just wanted to mention Maureen O'Hara, because Maureen O'Hara mentioning, yeah. is, is someone that the Duke had acted in some of, of his best films and was a lifelong friend— spoke very highly of her and you know Marino had a John Wayne wing in her house and everything and and you know spoke before congress you know to yes, the, the she did. John Wayne medal and everything and, and the duke always spoke of her as, as you know in the, in the highest terms, saying that she's probably the best friend i've ever had
0: do you know if her uh, ideals were also conservative or
4: i do not know i, I don't know if they split i do on not that know not. but you know what i would forgive her anything sure it's just it would be interesting yeah. to know if it you was know, kind but, of a
0: light and darkness war or if they were both on the I same have a side. hunch
5: that at that time and you know uh, people of different political views could get along in a simpler time, yeah, unlike today. <laughs> don't maybe, tell but... me
4: nothing about that kind of stuff getting long. Yeah, but but <laughs> I think I think we should mention the Sands of Iwo Jima. I mean, this is this is one of those those. I mean, that's probably the war movie that the Duke is best known for, and it was nominated, Oscar nominated for, and again another movie that he bought it in at the oh. very end. You know. I think everything's gonna be okay. Patwi, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of blows. That, that's one I haven't yeah. revisited, but I I know I watched that a bunch as a kid. Oh, it's like yeah. you know, John Agar. Uh, yeah, I don't know who John Agar fucked over, but <laughs> like, you know he was in like some of the biggest movies: Sanzu Ujima, Fort Apache, you know, all these big movies. And then pretty much from then on, he was in you know the thing with three heads and. Mm-hmm. And I've loved all those movies too, right? So right, I'm for not, different reasons, <laughs> you know. It's like good for you, sir. Yeah. Um, moving, moving on. Okay. You know, a movie that he's he's known for is is 1951 Flying Leathernecks. I was never a huge fan of that, and that's another war right. flying movie, right? Uh, very much mm-hmm. Baba Black Sheep,
3: Mm-hmm.
4: but I was never a huge fan of that one. I, I didn't. It was it was a little bit too much like Sands of Iwo Jima and. And I got to think that every one of these World War II movies mm-hmm. that he did was kind of like, you know, another stake just, you know, driven a little bit sure, deeper. Sure.
0: And he did nothing good in 1952, so We could move right uh, away to no, 1953.
4: No, 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 we're not going to do that. 1952 <laughs> is when he did The Quiet Man with Sean <laughs> Fort. There's no reason he to mention fuck that you, Victor. No, no, I will defend <laughs> The Quiet Man to my death. And my wife oh, will watch the,
0: the dowry.
4: <laughs> What? My
5: Why? wife will watch The Quiet Man anytime it is on TV. Oh, absolutely. So I've definitely and seen Marie that O'Hara, one.
4: Oh my god, she is breathtaking in mm-hmm. that movie. And the fight scene, it only goes on a little bit longer than the one with Robbie, Ronnie, Piper, <laughs> in right. the live. Right, this is like they live. <laughs>
0: Why are the good guys fighting for a half
4: hour? Oh, I don't no, know. one guy. <laughs> I mean, I just keep waiting for him to say, they always <laughs> want me lucky charms. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> side note, <laughs> side <laughs> note <laughs> gentlemen.
4: As as you know, mm. I've, I've watched all the Leprechaun movies. I mean, the original Leprechaun. Of course. Leprechaun 2. Leprechauns in the hood. Leprechauns in the hood. <laughs> Leprechauns in space. Well, I was at Redbox recently, and I saw Leprechaun... Origins. Okay, <laughs> color me interested. So I poured myself a couple of cocktails. I rented this one. I watched it. Did the director of Sharknado find a leprechaun costume on the floor <laughs> no. and make a film? I will say this about that: it was VHS actually camera? it was actually a good horror movie. Uh-huh. But the creature that was pursuing them was in no way a leprechaun. It was many ways like trolls too. Well, <laughs> Troll in fact, too. they were goblins. They <laughs> <Troll laughs> <Troll laughs> so like, did that on purpose. Okay. But I've I've seen the whole. So, I'm All up to right. date, so nice. don't i nice. cut up. You're a completist. I am. It's yeah. good to have. Goals. And I will go see Fast and Fabulous Seven. Don't think I won't. I, I think you should actually. Yeah, if we might make that a take them. right. You can know I, what? I tell you? Can I
0: tell you? I have never seen a single Fast and Furious. Well, movie. me neither. I've not seen a single Fast well, and Furious fuck movie. Fuck
4: the bothies. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> 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 I, I, yeah.
0: It, oh God! It, prideful, speaking of
4: that. Speaking of that. So, I mean, I don't watch any of these shows, but I'm just sort of, like, peripherally aware of them. So, so, uh, you know, like, they have the these NCIS shows, which right. I haven't seen any of. But I was sort of alerted because Scott Bakula, Quantum Leap. Right, right, right. He's going to do one. He's uh-huh. in NCIS <laughs> New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> and the guy who played the redneck hero or protagonist in uh, Fast and Furious... Three, Tokyo Drift. That's the one like Highlander 2, like, you mm. know, just forget that. Just push it aside. <laughs> forget what we said. Blah. <laughs> awesome. So I mean, and there, I'm I'm sure we're probably skipping over some of the movies, but I just I want to make mention of 1953's Hondo. Okay. Oh. Because it was a story by Louis L'Amour and mm-hmm. it involved the Duke in a very cool role. And it also had a very young, pre-gun smoke, James R. Ness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Marshal Matt Dillon, for all you... I mean, I know you fuckers are Googling this right now on your huge <laughs> smartphones. But <laughs> well, what is Sputnik talking about? He's dribbling on about something from 1953. It's in black and white. No, it's actually a color film. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. but it's interesting because it's like <laughs> James Arness is like the only guy I've ever seen in Duke movie that's actually taller than the Duke. Wow! <laughs> but it's a yeah. really cool movie, so I, I just felt I had to mention that.
0: All right, should we? Can, can we jump to fifty six or not? Fifty six is another banner year.
4: <laughs> I know which one you're going to go for, <laughs> you fucker.
0: You gotta go for the Conqueror. The Conqueror,
4: first. But, but let's,
0: let's That's be That's the fair. most important film he's ever made in 1956.
4: <laughs> the Conqueror. My blood boils for that Tartar woman, Jamuga. I have returned, Jamuga.
0: <laughs> Goddamn. That movie is the height of ridiculous.
4: Oh, God. And we've talked about this in, in other podcasts, so I won't go into this again. Temujin. Temujin.
0: <laughs>
4: the Duke is playing
0: Genghis Khan. Okay. and Dick Powell's the director, oh who's obviously suffer. You know, I think people with Down uh, syndrome and other things should get a chance to direct movies. <laughs> <laughs> because without that, you know, equal opportunity, we wouldn't get a
4: movie. <laughs> Emma, like the, the the, the conqueror.
0: <laughs> Obviously, he's Asperger's or something. Because you never would have let this happen.
4: Oh well, the duke, the duke apparently went into Archeo. Saw a script that they, they were going to throw away and then was just reading it and said, oh, this is great. We got to do this. And then, you know, to, well, who am I to say no to John Wayne? So they made this awful film. Yeah. I would
0: say if you, if there's one movie, if you could only watch one John Wayne movie, don't watch one of the great ones. Watch The Conqueror. No, that's not
4: fucking fair. That is totally (laughs) fair. That is totally not fair. Oh, come on. That's like saying, oh, yeah, watch The Conqueror (laughs) and The Green Parade, then watch Stagecoach and and Red River. No, no, no. Just start with The
0: Conqueror and then go, holy shit, I will never see anything (laughs) that weird ever again
4: in my entire life. Now I can just go watch regular movies. Okay, The Conqueror, even The Duke said, hey... Oh, <laughs> WTF. Oh, my what God. The <laughs> what the fuck? Hey,
5: but that's what makes it good, right?
0: Agnes Moorhead as Hoon Moon. Durwood.
4: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Mercury Theater of the Conqueror. That blows. So, well, and we have to talk. Well, yeah. If, if you bring up the fucking Conqueror, you now we got to bring it. The whole thing was shot at, at Snow Valley, Utah, where they were doing above ground atomic tests. Lots of them. And so these, you know, everyone was like surrounded by sand and water and everything else that was probably highly irradiated, mm-hmm. of like the one hundred two, hundred and three cast member cast. Well, two thirds of
0: them ended up with
4: no. It was more than that. It was like in the nineties, you know, like ninety of them died of soft or connective tissue.
0: Yeah, the organ when you get um well, uh, the the organ. Uh hard tumor cancers then everyone started to get the same it, it yeah. kind of sprouted
4: at about yeah. the same time and there's, oh. there's oh. The actually a, a publicity yeah. shot of john wayne with his son, one of his sons one of them being patrick wayne who was also in many movies with the duke and they have a geiger counter it's it's kind of sad oh man. yeah so there's there's like so many levels to the conquer okay but no don't fucking <laughs> listen to victor okay don't don't, don't, <laughs> don't listen to victor uh, but but because in 1956 he did the
0: searchers. Okay, but but let me just yeah. point out one more oh thing God. about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Picture this movie without John Wayne or with a regular cast. All right, the plot of the movie is epic and not terrible. You know, as far as these movies no, go,
4: no, it's just an epic. It kind of blew. Okay. I mean,
0: I I kept watching. Okay, I just kept watching it. It was like I had my eyes pinned but, I mean, open.
4: It's, it's like watching the Duke in, in the greatest story ever told, right. or the Green Berets. It's like, oh, seriously? You just got to stare. This is yeah, like a, you got it's yeah. It's like yeah. you can't take your eyes you off it. It's truly mesmerizing. It's, it's, it's how the fuck up, did this
0: get made? It's crazy. so crazy. It's so crazy. But anyway, he made it the same year he made the
4: Surgers. right? His which, best film of all time. I, you know, I, I would say that's probably not untrue. I, I, I think, and Star Trek reference. Mm-hmm. Who's his buddy? Who's his pal? Captain mm-hmm. Pike. Do you want to go uh-huh. to tell a like Chris? <laughs> Captain Pike. <Ooh! laughs> wow. Who's also Jesus and the King of Kings. So we've got that going. <laughs> which is
0: nice. (laughs) So Jeffrey Hunter, is that Jeffrey
4: Hunter? Yes.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. That's Chris Pike. That's Chris Pike. Now I got to watch that again. (laughs) You got to watch Menagerie. I got to go back to that again.
4: (laughs) The Searchers is one of those movies that's so awesome in so many ways. I mean, it begins with, you know, he plays Ethan Edwards Mm -hmm. and he shows up at his, his brother's home out West. And the Civil War has been over for three years. He fought for the Confederacy. It's one actually one of the few movies where the Duke fought for the South. Because yeah. in most <laughs> movies, he's pretty much always in the Union. Which is interesting because,
0: yeah, yeah it, it's interesting that he'll flip-flop on that. Because
4: But the Searchers, he, he's definitely mm-hmm. all yeah. rebel. Yeah. And he comes in, and it's, it's like three years, and it's like, well, even the war's been over for three years. What have you been doing? It's like... I've been doing a few things. And of course, he's got all these like gold double <laughs> eagles. It's like, yeah, yeah, you've been robbing, robbing shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love I went to hide it under his chair, too. I was about to oh, to yeah.
4: <clears throat> <clears throat> and then, you know, like he keeps he keeps getting criticized by Ward Bond, who's like the, the, the Texas Ranger in, in the movie. And, you know, the duke always comes back with, that'll be the day. That'll be the day. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: and it's rumored that that's how Buddy Holly wrote the song.
4: Right. Right. Wow. And uh, it has a young Natalie Wood, the only wood that wouldn't float. Oh God! Get oh, oh, oh no. come on!
0: Think of think of how many things people have to Google to get that reference. Yeah.
4: I mean, uh, exactly oh, that. I'm sorry. They have their uh, huge smartphones they're gonna in front pause of them. the yeah. podcast
0: and go Google yeah. Yeah. Wood See
5: How and, good your app is now,
4: right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeffrey Hunter. It's very racist, but it's it's. I mean, well, as most of these at, are. I mean, well, yeah, they're cowboy and
0: Indian pictures. Yeah, but generally. it's
4: it's really awesome. It's a, yeah. it's a great film, and the Duke plays a total prick, but he's awesome in it. Yeah, like five
0: years go by. I mean,
4: a, yeah, they're just like searching and searching and searching for Natalie Wood. Yeah.
0: and I guess there were times at school when they'd have to like the Duke would have to go get Natalie Wood at school and go pick her up at school, and all the other teenagers would be. like, ah! John
4: Wayne's here.
0: And she'd go get in his car oh, and yeah. he'd go to the set. That's not fucking weird or inappropriate.
4: <laughs> <That's so cool>. <laughs> 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 Natalie, saddle up. <laughs> it's time to do the searchers. Yeah, the
0: one guy I wanted to mention that I don't think we mentioned was Hank Warden. Who played oh. Moe's in this.
4: Oh, Moe's is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, Moe's is fantastic. Just want me a rocking chair. <laughs> right. Just want me a rocking chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and he shows up in lots of other yes, films he does. throughout. Yes, he you know, does. Not just John Wayne, but yes. he's another one of those group of characters, and he is such a good character. He is. And he's such a good character actor. I like that guy a lot.
4: I, I do, too. And uh, I, I do. I want to mention, in 1957, a film that is does not get as much attention in the John Wayne as I think it deserves, and that's The Wings of Eagles. Okay. Uh, and he plays uh, Frank Spigweed. <laughs> and, okay, not a great name. yeah, <laughs> But it's with Maureen O'Hara, and he plays like a, you know, a pioneering carrier pilot and everything, Navy pilot. And the scenes with him and Maureen O'Hara are so touching that you realize the depth of feeling that these two people had for each other because... Just watching the film, you 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 couldn't possibly script that. I mean, because a lot of it is just movement and and expression. And I I love the Wings of Eagles. Also in 1957, and this is a movie that okay, we we mentioned the Conqueror, we mentioned the Green Berets, we got to fucking mention Jet Pilot. Okay, because this is another Howard Hughes disaster like the Conquerors. What year is that? That's 57.
0: Okay. So let me just reiterate, if you only see one film <laughs> no, I won't say it, <laughs> oh, uh, <you> know, <laughs> tell me about Jet Pilot because okay. I haven't actually seen yeah. that one.
4: Jet Pilot is, is really interesting because <laughs> it, Howard Hughes, you know, OK, so going back to the Conquerors, you know, Howard Hughes was a nut job big time for many different reasons, genetic and environment and many head injuries. Well, we've covered Howard Hughes another podcast, so please listen to that podcast or watch
0: Doctor Strangelove and all your bodily, bodily fluids. They're after our bodily fluids. you oh, are gonna keep them
4: in a team team river. River. <laughs> <laughs> What's what's the prefix code? Poe, purity of essence. Keep your. <laughs> I don't keep, deny women my essence, Mandrake. Keep your pee close and your fingernails closer, <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Batguano. If that is your, your real, real name. name. <laughs> Okay, in Jet Pilot, Howard Hughes wanted to do this film that was like really up to date and really today about you know jet fighting and you know whatever. Well, again, it took so long because he kept agonizing Mm -hmm. over every frame of film that it took like forever to get this out. But it does have Janet Lee as as a Soviet pilot that defects. Uh-huh. Now Janet Lee, for all of you with your huge smartphones Googling now, that <laughs> is believable as a pilot. That's the mom of of the woman who was in all the Halloween movies, who now does all the poop yogurt commercials. And she was also in psych Janet Lee was also in wow. psycho. So uh-huh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna move on. 1958, the Barbarian and the, and, and, the and the Geisha. The geisha. Oh, did you watch I that? I saw that one. That's yeah. an awesome movie. It was good. So it's all about you know the opening of Japan in the 1850s, and the Duke is like the ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it's really good if you like samurai things. If you like the Duke, you like the Duke and samurai things. You'll you'll love the, bar, the yeah. barbarian and the Geisha.
5: Yeah, it was a good one.
4: Moving on to one of my favorite Mine as well. Mine as well. Duke films. 1959. Rio Bravo. No kidding, man. That one rocked. How fucking cool was that? Young, hot, Angie Dickinson. The Duke. Yes. Very dukeish. Dean fucking Martin. Dean Martin did an awesome movie. And and really was.
5: Really, the movie was about him. He's like the main character, although yes. it's a John Wayne movie. Yeah. Again, like I was saying before, in Rio Bravo, John Wayne's kind of the rock. Right. That everything revolves around. Exactly. And the question is, okay, is the Dean Martin character, uh, is he going to get sober, <laughs> get his act together? No. maybe
4: maybe not Ricky Dude. Nelson's also in it yes and we also oh, Ricky, Ricky Nelson, Nelson. come on. he was the
0: Justin Bieber of that film yeah he was
4: awesome in the film though it's, but he did a good yeah. Job. Colorado, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: you know Mon- Montgomery Cliff was going to be in this film but he refused to work with those guys again because they differed so much on their politics because they really wanted him to be in this film yeah. and he said nope never going to work with those guys again I was like wow that's crazy but you know but, but, Walter Brennan would have said in this one well,
5: Walter S- S- Brennan is Stumpy. A stumpy, that was Nobody a tells me
0: nothing about what uh, uh, I'm around here. Yeah. i to go see the jail all I didn't know it was you,
4: dude. I didn't know it <laughs> was you. This you should yourself.
0: <laughs> Chef knows <laughs> better than not himself. Chance to see You
4: said I'm Chance. But I shouldn't say that, Stumpy. You're a treasure.
0: <laughs> but
5: also, I thought the performance of this uh, uh, more of a minor role. But uh, Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez. Oh my god! Oh my god! He was he like was wonderful. Yeah, he, he was, was great. awesome. He's so
0: cute and As tiny. Carlos yeah.
4: Robante. Carlos yeah, Robante. Cute little tiny man. That's gonna be my new gnome to plume. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually. Uh, I, I would I'd like to say I love the singing scene between Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson. Oh, yeah.
2: I got my pony. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my. <laughs> my rock. <rifle. laughs> <laughs> well,
0: wow, it was so cool. Well, let me just tell you that that song is adapted from, and I don't know why I know this, but the guy who wrote the Dimitri Tiamin or whatever, the guy who, <laughs> who wrote all the songs for this, wrote yeah. um, he adapted stuff from Stagecoach. And they wouldn't let that song be used because it sounded too modern. So he changed the lyrics around and then powed it into this one. Yeah, And it turned out to be really, really good.
4: Um, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, we, we should note that this was a Howard Hawks uh,
4: yeah. yes. directed yeah.
0: film. Good
5: call. And, uh, and kind of his, his thought behind it was uh, he was in Europe for a while and didn't do any films for a few years. And he came back and everybody was you know crazy about this new thing, television. Right. So he started watching TV and seeing what people liked, and he realized people like seeing the characters every week and and seeing them develop, and mm-hmm. then that's kind of what they tuned in to see what the character is doing that week. So, it, it, in a way, he made real Bravo be. I don't know, like three TV episodes, mm-hmm. right? And and with a lot of character building, which no. is why you get that's a good uh, way well, such great acting from yeah. uh, you know Dean Martin and uh, Dean Martin was Gonzalez, awesome Gonzalez in that film. And, and like I said, yeah. Rick,
4: I, I Ricky Nelson yeah. was good mm-hmm. too. And yeah. so was the hat
0: because this was the
4: yeah. last time I believe yes. he wore the hat. Yes, he wore I stagecoach. wanted to say that. Yeah, good. Sorry, yeah, this <laughs> is <laughs> the, the, hat. the
5: hat that started in Stagecoach. Yes, and yeah. is used in most of the West. He's got the. Brim. It's turned up if he's happy. Up.
0: Turned
6: down if he's grumpy yeah. and
0: about to shoot you in the face.
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. So run away if he's about to shoot you in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched this one and The Searchers with uh, my daughter, and she she did notice that this one was really slow. And I had never seen this one before either, and I realized, mm-hmm. too, yeah, it's a very slow film. Yeah. Um, so you do have to take your time with it. Uh, another thing that yeah. should be mentioned about this film is... Uh, I read that whenever Quentin Tarantino starts a new relationship with a girl, he has her sit down and watch Rio Bravo with him. If they didn't like Rio Bravo, there is no relationship.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why you say Rio Bravo is slow. I don't I, I didn't get that. I think it's maybe because some it's Westerns t- out. T-
0: tend to be. Some well the older westerns a lot of
5: time it's, it's, are really quick. It's
4: two it's hours like they and, speed it's two up hours the... and twenty minutes long. Yeah, I like, go. Okay. And and, yeah, and right.
0: you're in the jail most of the time and I don't mind it. And I don't yeah. I like I like uh the pacing, but sometimes when you watch Westerns or even John Wayne westerns, you're used to a, a quicker pace of quick, things going yeah. on. Yeah, if you think <clears throat> of
5: stagecoach where True. there's yeah. a
0: lot of movement. Lots of things happening. In this one, you're but, you're trapped and in it's not like Das Boot or anything, but you know, yeah they got the jail, <laughs> but, they got the
4: prisoner and, and they're they got playing a, the mariachi. Music. that
5: that absolutely was not distracting to me at all because it was the character building that hey, that that yeah. sucked me in let and, me just say the 13
4: yeah.
0: year old watched the whole movie and enjoyed yeah. it and she wow. especially enjoyed Stumpy <laughs> Uh oh
4: come on walter brennan he was uh guns of will sign it i mean yeah i remember
0: when we talked about treasure sierra madre and you know walter houston oh yeah i mean
4: the walter houston gold the the
0: walter i mean walter (laughs) brennan and walter houston those are like the, the the two great
4: actually we should mention the the uh billy crystal movie you know where they go on a cattle drive with jack Palance. oh oh yeah yeah and, the and they actually do the city slickers f- yeah city slickers and they do the thing from red river where they all go yeah oh god that's right yeah <laughs> yeah and and that was oh. a
0: big deal at the time when they yeah. did that in the in the uh original film right because i was supposed to really capture the essence of the cowboy mm-hmm. in his natural environment yeah. and as a modern viewer you're like oh god Yahoo!" you know and <laughs> i didn't buy it at all i was just like oh that's kind of staged <laughs> and I was like each of these shots was uh-huh. staged but yeah <laughs> no ha- hawks you know i i love howard hawks and actually yeah. through most of howard hawks's career he was very underrated people I, saw I, him I, as a cut rate director i would
4: agree with that and but he was a very great director. he was a great
0: director and he he was very visionary even though it seems dated it, it's such a backhanded compliment but like well, his, his um he, he's received a lot of awards and been really recognized especially internationally for his work as a director and received academy awards posthumously i just yeah i just want to say that yeah sometimes when you watch these old movies you can feel like Da da da, they're walking across Monument Valley and and the bombastic music starts playing. Dun 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 dun. dun. You know, it's like you're watching Bonanza or something. Oh, Bonanza.
4: Nothing was slower than Bonanza. just I'm not afraid of any pretty made bonanza <laughs> they,
0: they, they just they just can't let a stagecoach go across the frame without dun 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 bah, 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 bah. <laughs> what the what <laughs> just it's, it's just a stagecoach <laughs> we did a modern no you're right you're and right and
3: be like what the it's, hell it's he kind of like a bus going a across bicycle. the street <laughs>
4: like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's kind of like Wild Wild West you know yeah. every time Conrad walks across the room it's just like oh you can't just have him walk across Across the room and do shit, it's always like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he's doing Western spy shit. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: real Bravo has some cool musical uh, beginnings, oh, too, especially yeah. how no one yeah. talks in the first few minutes. And right. There's that whole silent yeah. setup for the whole plot of the film. It yep, really uh-huh. does take its time. And it's, a, and it's the a great, wardrobe
5: they had for Dean yeah. Martin was great. I mean, they oh, he yeah. really looked run down. The dude. You know, he, did. Rundown
0: you know, he looked like shit. Yeah. And in the day, dude meant like Easterner. You know, someone from the East yeah. Coast was kind, a dude. Kind,
4: and then kind of a sissy, actually. Yeah, yeah. the dude.
0: Mm-hmm. And now it means something totally different.
4: Yeah. So we move ahead then to 1960 where we did the Alamo. And this was a movie <laughs> that the Duke actually uh, produced and directed from Uh, Bat Jack Studios. Bat Jack is named after the export company from Wake of the Red Witch.
3: Mm.
4: And the Alamo is actually one of those movies that's almost, I mean, personally, I don't find that much interesting about the Alamo. Having, like, read about the personalities in the Alamo, I mean, everyone...
0: It's been, we've been lied to about what happened in the Alamo for our entire lives as
4: children and... The Duke in mm-hmm. a coonskin cap in his fifties—it's not pretty. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is not a movie I would—I would. But but he he banked
0: his entire career on it and failed because I mean this was going to be his baby and he yeah yeah he he sunk so much into this so much of his heart went into this film and
5: yes, I, I, are we at the point where we can say we really like John Wayne as an actor? But uh, are there any directing jobs he did with, that we really like or?
4: Or is it all like that No really because yeah. another one he did was The Green Berets and <laughs> was like, that's yeah. we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah we'll that, get yeah. to that. That's pretty bad. Yeah. The Green Berets is one of those movies that yeah, we're we're going to lavish some time on that one. And I'll mention
0: yeah. he'd already I'm going to mention it that he already had lung cancer and had one lung removed. Yep. So for the rest of his career, career he's kind of a wheezing guy and yep. he, he's he, it's harder for him to be so dramatic and do these things. Yeah. But uh he's the guy who coined the big C uh and and for cancer yeah and and yeah. that he had licked the big c because yeah. uh, you know in the day <laughs> you licked it you, you, you beat the big c <laughs> uh, but then he went he went and worked for another 10 years or so 62 i think is a big one unless mm-hmm. there's anything before that but well 61 yeah.
4: the, the comancheros okay and that one is just hilarious because he plays a texas ranger who goes on a riverboat looking uh for uh Stuart whitman and Lee Marvin is in it. I love Lee Marvin because Lee Marvin was punk before there was a name for punk. Yeah.
0: I just remember seeing him on that Navy
4: uh Bogart film or whatever where mm-hmm. oh yeah. So so he's he's looking uh for Paul Regret. And mm-hmm. of course it's New Orleans, so they speaks they speak French and he's on a riverboat and he goes, Are you Are you monsour Paul Regret? <laughs> 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 and he keeps like using that through the whole thing. So it's kind of a funny movie in that way, but it's, 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 it's an okay John Wayne movie, but then we moved to 62 with the man who shot Liberty Valance, really one of the classics. So he's he's back to John Ford again. Yes. And then he's working
0: with James Stewart. Yep. Jimmy. um, In flashback. Yep.
5: And in this one, Jimmy Stewart has most of the dialogue, but I think John Ford really wanted to see John Wayne as the top build because he's kind of the, the pivot, the, focal point of the movie on, right. on what his character does. And Lee
4: Marvin plays such a psycho as Liberty Valance. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, I'll teach you law, western law! And he just, like, whips Jimmy Stewart. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. how many times do like, you see Jimmy Stewart getting whipped by... You yeah. Know? But but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's that's the film where the Duke first... Oh, you're hurt? Well, you're hurting me. <laughs> well, this is another one where he bites it. <laughs> yes. But at the beginning... Yes. It begins at the, at their funeral. Everything is done in flashback. Yeah. But it's also the movie where the Duke first uses the phrase pilgrim. Yeah. First time in the West Pilgrim. He uses it a lot. Yeah, he does. And because, huh. you know, a lot of people came from, from out east and they, they were on the pilgrim yeah, road yeah. And, and yeah.
5: And in this movie he's he's kind of a jerk. Or he's kind of a combination well, of a maybe not a jerk, but a little more of a dumbass. But just because he's, like, taking all this time to build his house to seduce this woman. And it's like, <laughs> who's, quit who's, pissing around with the house yeah, and yeah. just, yeah, you know, yeah.
4: <laughs> get on with it, man. Put down man. your hammer and pick up your hammer. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> but no, he pisses away so much time working on the house. I know, house, right? like, well, yeah, uh, you blew it, man. Another part of the movie that I What'd really liked is Amos Carruthers. Oh, Denver yeah. Denver Pyle. yeah. Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of yeah. Hazzard, everybody. Right. Yeah. Come on. There's some good old boys. <laughs> I, yeah. d- I mean, I, 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 I grew up, I, I just watched Uncle Jesse my entire childhood, and then all yeah. of a sudden, there's yeah. Uncle Jesse as a young fat man, you know, <laughs> who's not doing anything useful. Like, Denver Pyle, you really made something of yourself.
4: That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, we <laughs> We could talk about... Um, He also did a movie in in, um, 62, the same year, with Howard Hawks, uh, Hatari. This is the African Duke. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Howard Hawks did an African movie, too. They just
5: do these things. uh, Hatari (laughs) – Okay, I don't know if you guys... Did you guys both see it? Oh, fuck yeah. I thought that movie was awesome.
4: <laughs> I loved it. She liked like the thing with the red buttons, you know, when they use the rocket to get all the monkeys? Yeah, that
5: was so over the top. No. And this Pocket. is 62, so this is like, you know, space program is kicking know, off. Right? And they had comments related to that. But the... um I, I'm not even sure I believe it, but according to Wikipedia uh John Wayne actually did all his stunts in this thing? Yeah. So they okay, it's in Africa and they're
0: getting a, stunts including drinking tequila. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smoking yeah. cigarettes. The way
5: the way the Duke did it, it was a stunt. But but it it's in it's in Africa and they're uh collecting animals for zoos. Right. And uh but the way they do it is they have this truck that has a chair welded onto the front fender.
4: Right, but they were awesome Land Rovers of that vintage that... They're beautiful. I would sell my soul to get one. You know, yeah. like from Doctari yeah. and... Yeah, well,
5: it was... Yeah, it was Jeeps, or were they Land Rovers? I well, think they, they were uh, Land Rovers. The truck was some kind of... I don't know what kind of brand that... But maybe it was. It was, I don't it was, know it was a deuce and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was something. But it was it was an old truck and like from the 40s and with a seat welded on the front fender. So you're like sitting basically forward of the vehicle... Going, uh, you know, over forty miles per hour after, you know, an elk or something. Sounds A like gazelle. Jackass Four. Yeah, really. <laughs> right? yeah. In, in
6: ways, it was, <laughs> was kind of like you know, Jackass Four. Yeah.
5: John Wayne said he, he was pretty scared. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on that, no doubt. But um, yeah, it, uh, Howard Hawks he kind of based it on the. Uh, uh, there was, uh, I guess, South Africa was kind of getting rid of all the wild animals for a yeah. while mm-hmm. just to, you know, make room for livestock. Right. And, um, there was, a a guy that was, uh, trying to start animal preserves and, and, uh, stop that practice, et cetera. Right. And, uh, he had a lot of an animal capture techniques that, um, uh, Howard Hawks used for this film. So, you know, some of your PETA types might be offended by, oh, they're collecting zoo animals. They should let leave them stay wild. But you have to remember, this is this is rel- This is an era where they're wiping out huge populations of animals. Yeah. So in a way, this is
0: for the time quite.
5: Progressive. It was very
4: environmental. Yeah. 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 So why so, is it called
0: Hatari? What does that mean? Swahili for? It means the cattle are dying in Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? No.
5: No. No. Jesus. Hey, Tor, here's (laughs) your nose back. (laughs) Yeah. No, it It was a... means danger. Yeah, it was something on the film I saw All right. (laughs) Yeah,
3: no, I
5: thought that in... uh... (laughs) <laughs> the 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 female actors in that were really cool and everything. Yes, they were. I red buttons was a little red button like, but you know. Well, I, I mean he's red. He
4: yeah, red he's buttons. red button cast at this point. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Harold Bosel the clown. But I'd uh, say if if
5: you have wait, to Marrow. see one John Wayne film, <laughs> it should be Atari. Okay.
4: <laughs> okay, we're <laughs> all I over the find. fucking road on this all right. one. <laughs> I, Victor's going to the
0: no. It, I have returned, Jamuga. I would say it
5: has the best action with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. Getting the animals. It and, does. and it's a very diversified uh, oh. cast. Because oh. uh, they got Hardy Hardy uh, Kruger as Kurt Mueller.
4: Yeah. And he's really cool. And they have Lee Van Cleef, too. Yeah. 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 I was going to say,
0: was, he was in um, Matthew Shot Western. Liberty Balance, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
4: right, Spaghetti Westerns. Oh, we're going to totally do that podcast. Yeah, (laughs) it's on. They have Valentin
5: Vargas as Luis Francisco Garcia Lopez. Vargas?
0: Oh, and Strother Martin was in it, too. Wasn't he in The Christmas Story? Oh,
5: yeah.
4: (laughs) Strother Martin? Vargas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
3: Uh, it's yeah. not, it's not a Wild bunch, <laughs> Christmas story.
5: <laughs> uh, Bruce Cabot played the Indian. Anyway,
4: anyway, I thought Hatari was really cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was a really good film. And in '62, he also did The Longest Day, which I can consider the longest movie. Oh my right. god, is that was like, fucking oh, boring? days <laughs> later, <laughs> uh,
0: it's like it's like Saving <laughs> Private Ryan, but there wasn't a Private Ryan. No one saved him, and and nothing happened. Yeah. It I, just kept going and going. Oh my but it's god! Like,
5: <gasps> the whole point of the movie is they took like all the male hollywood actors God. and all the male german actors yeah. that they could find and all oh. the male british actors they could find the list and is almost made endless a movie. yeah but it, oh did you guys catch sean connery
4: yes. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i've like just watched it like <laughs>
5: hey i recognize
4: that voice <laughs> Can you shear the beast, Money Penny? Yeah. <laughs> hey, when but, is there going to be a new James Bond movie? What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know.
0: I think they're probably still trying to figure out a title because they're so complicated now. They're like, oh, yeah. I
5: got one: Golden Pussy. In Golden the mechanic <laughs> yeah, got him. Grr.
4: yeah. <laughs> that might work. <laughs>
5: To kill or get golden pussy. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Golden <laughs> pussy to die for. <laughs> right.
4: Die another pussy. Wait, <laughs> Wait
3: uh... There's gotta like,
4: be pussy in the title somewhere. That's a little bit too <laughs> shocking. <laughs>
5: that's why it's called yeah. Subtitle The Shocker. But, you know, I, I watched... Uh, I think I might have watched fury in the middle of the longest day because it's so long i had to watch it in pieces oh
4: yeah no shit and uh
5: (laughs) after seeing fury is is so serious yeah and then the in the slight little bit it does (laughs) and it's so intense and violent and, and uh the longest day Seeing that right next to it comes across as, as a lot more slapstick. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's B- just kind of like, <laughs> It's
4: like, God, just invade. and <laughs> Do something already. You're pissing me off.
0: <laughs> this card title represents these people who are people in this movie of people. <laughs> what the well, fuck? Well, I think every oh. German had a big scar on his Although face. Although I really like the resistance fighters. Yeah. Smuggling through in the haystacks. <laughs>
4: With, oh, the yeah. with the woman, oh, I know. I, mean, I know. Oh my God! All right, we yeah. we have right. covered the longest movie. We're done. Yeah, we're done. We got so, that one in '63. The Duke, another John Ford movie, oh. made Donovan's <laughs> Reeve. Okay, and uh, that again had Lee Marvin and Cesar Romero, as as we all might remember as the Joker. <laughs> oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Why so serious? <laughs> it's not as menacing. No, it was. No, Caesar Romero menacing. was not menacing as the Joker. It was not the Dark Knight. No, no. 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 And again, it's the sailing Duke. You know, cool. so, you know, that's that's fun.
5: Um, In 64, he did a movie well, called... It's in 63, there was also... McLintock. Did you really oh, watch McLintock? Oh, really McLintock? oh, dude. I my God. Oh, my Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, the God.
5: Oh, <laughs> this, this was a slapstick Yeah.
4: <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> the hell <laughs> so... I won't.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's just weird. He's Am like Marino a drunk Harry that Harry. throws his hat on I the weatherman. I know weather and...
4: hair is in it, but I will not hold that against her. <laughs> oh,
5: <yeah. laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> a, they're on a, and they have like a King of the Mountain thing where they're all punching each other and knocking I, down the mudslide. I know.
4: <laughs> that, I mean, again, that's like they the late, they Live Alley fight scene. It goes on forever. Yeah.
5: This is, that's one, McLint, this is one you can skip. But I watched it, so I had to get credit for it. All right. You, you have okay. earned,
0: earned extra right, credit for this uh, bad, meeting. That
4: right. is fine. That'll go in your permanent record.
3: <laughs>
4: right. All, all right.
0: All right. I'm going to skip
4: ahead to 1965, The Sons of Katie Elder. and this That one was good. He's this... the elder son of Katie Elder. I, I know. <laughs> <See>? sorry, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> Gentlemen, I mean, I think we all know enough about <laughs> genetics and biology that there's no fucking way. How does that work? Yeah. with one woman and I don't care how many men that you can produce? John Wayne, Dean Martin, Dean Martin <laughs> Earl Holliman. It <laughs> <laughs> just goes on. It's like there's no way you're fucking related. We're not related. There's no are. way. <laughs> God, you suck. The half sons of oh, and Elvis. George Kennedy is
5: in it too. But yeah, wasn't the um. Let's see, the the youngest one was about 17, 18? Yeah. And then, so John Wayne... That was Earl
4: Holloman. He was yeah. also an Ironside, Iron uh, Ass. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, boys, we're getting into the 60s, so, and movies are starting to get a little silly.
4: Yeah, they're getting real silly, because <laughs> then, then in 66, you got El Dorado, which is another Howard Hawks, mm-hmm. which is almost kind of like Real Lobo revisited. Yeah, but it has Robert Mitchum, the sleepy guy, and James Caan. Well, hey, as wait, Mississippi. Wait. Not like Ricky Nelson as Colorado. Let me jump. <laughs> let, let me
0: jump in and say one thing. Or uh, Lee
4: Marvin is Iowa.
0: We, you know, and <laughs> someone, someone has probably already written us a nasty email that we missed this, and then I'm going to oh. say this, and then they'll have to retract it and go. I should have listened to the whole episode. <laughs> 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 so, it happens. It happens way more frequently than people realize. That, <laughs> <laughs> that they take the time to compose while listening. Um, in uh, in real Bravo, it was actually a response to. <clears coughs> Noon. And and how how upset they were that, you know,
1: the sheriff's not gonna run
0: around getting help and then get help from his wife, a woman. (laughs) You know, a sheriff's gonna take care of business like a sheriff and and fuck that movie. High noon. We hate that.
4: And the Duke didn't like it for political reasons too, because he thought it was very Cold War oriented about the blacklist. And Gary Cooper also um you know steps on the badge, you know, just like grinds the badge down. He didn't care for that. He was actually asked to do the role that Gary Cooper got. And also, I think if we're going back a bit, we have to to look at the gunfighter, okay. which is, I, I I don't know if you guys have seen this movie or not, but it, Gregory Peck uh, was awesome in this. Mm-hmm. And you can't really see anybody else other than Gregory Peck doing it because, again, it's, it's a very anti-hero early Western. Sure. And uh, the Duke turned it down basically because... Was Columbia Pictures. So, Columbia Pictures, long after Cohn had died, and he died like before, I think in 1944. Yeah. But for decades afterwards, the Duke kept his word. And no matter how much money or how many plum rolls Columbia Pictures put in front of the Duke, he would not work for Columbia Pictures. So, but wow. let,
0: let's also say this. He was very supportive of the anti communist
4: movement. Oh. He was incredibly
0: supportive of HUAC, and we've covered HUAC, yeah. the House on Un- American Activities. Joe McCarthy. And, yeah, Joe Wisconsin McCarthy. Wisconsin's own
4: Joe McCarthy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, he, he took credit yeah. when um, one of the writers for High Noon skipped the country to move to England because he realized he was blackballed at this point. Right. Um, Carl Foreman. Mm-hmm. He you know took credit for that, and he was like, yep. I'm glad I ran him out. And he, I think it was in that Playboy interview that he openly admitted yeah. that he took credit for something he didn't really do. But but yeah. he was very happy it happened because he saw him as an un-American person.
4: Well, we'll get to the Playboy yeah. interview so anyway, soon. I mean, but
0: it's kind of interesting no. as we roll through this that that was actively a response. That movie was a response to what they saw in High Noon as being a little too lefty and a little too supporting of mm-hmm. – uh anti you know whatever
4: the Duke Jimmy Stewart, and many other actors were very supportive of Hugh Ack in the fifties when Joe McCarthy was doing his thing his well <laughs> rampant evil, let's just put, right we'll put a yeah we'll put a phrase to it, but um,
5: uh, yeah, Wisconsin, this isn't the first
4: time, I mean, yeah. it's not the last
0: either, <laughs> probably not the <laughs> yeah. last I think yeah. they much established
4: that. So, yeah. uh and when I say that uh, let's get to the it, shitty John Wayne there, movies. There, there were <laughs> there were many people with with HUAC, the House Un-American Activities Committee and and looking for communists and reds and the black list and so forth. There were many people that refused to testify. There were many people that got, you know, blacklisted. And there were other people that were so. There was, I think, the vast majority who said nothing, who I probably think did the most damage. But then there were your conservative actors like Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne who, you know, couldn't wait to turn somebody in. So there is that. But again, I'm putting that in the context of, you know, he's become like an uber patriot. I'll say uber rather than super. I like Uber. <laughs> Uber man. So before, before we get to 1968's The Green Berets, I do want to have one mention. Beverly Hillbillies or I Love Lucy? <laughs> well, those were awesome, okay, too. Okay, fine. 1967's The War Wagon, where he co-stars with Kirk Douglas. Is an awesome mm. film and uh, very good. So we're going to go right into The Green Berets. Now here's the one, those brave fighting men, Silver Wings. <laughs> upon upon their chest. <laughs> These are men. I used to tend bar in a bar. I that, have that 45. Oh God, Sergeant Staff Sergeant <laughs> Barry Adler yeah, is the, the 45. Of the race. <laughs> I have oh the 45. My dear I can God. hold
0: the 45 in front of you. I can play a rip of the 45 right
4: now. All right, cut and
6: let's let's hear it. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men Who jump and die Men who mean Just what they say The brave men Of the Green Beret Silver wings Upon their chest These are men America's best One hundred men We'll test today, but only three when the green beret Train to live off nature. Wow,
4: we took a little break just to listen to Staff Sergeant Barry Adler's uh, "Ballad of the Green Berets original recording. I almost stepped into a punchy trap. Yeah, Yeah, that was awesome. (coughs) So uh, this has David Jansen. Mike
0: Kirby, uh, no relation to Sergeant Kirby York. It's uh, his name is Mike Kirby. <laughs> That's right. Like a homage back to the westerns.
4: So, so the, the Duke uh, really went all out on this movie, like he did with the Alamo. Mm-hmm. So this is again another. Obviously, it's not going to work. Right? <laughs> it's another bat jack picture, yeah. and he he like you should call it bat a... shit pictures Bat, bat <laughs> shit crazy. Yeah. And any,
0: any picture he puts that much effort into is going to be. He put bat a shit.
4: lot of this money into this movie. First off, it's filmed in North Carolina. <laughs> And it's like, wow, I didn't realize they had, like, pine trees. And, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, was,
5: I, I felt that was a little interesting there. It
4: didn't seem deciduous to me, but. Yeah. I watched this uh, last night. Wow, dude. Election night. A- as so the election <laughs> returns were coming in.
5: So it was just like... Pretty fitting. It was pretty freaking surreal. Did, did you step in a punchy trap? Uh, uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, to be honest, I actually enjoyed it. Because I, I, I for years, have heard Sputnik <laughs> say things about it. So I expected... I did not expect oh. a serious movie, okay? Oh, God. You know, so it's just, okay, oh, yeah. it's like an but 18 dude, plot or something, on. whatever. It had, it had Mr. Yes. Sulu. <laughs> yeah, George Takai, that's why he missed out on the Trouble of Tribbles.
4: No, 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 no. <laughs> uh The game's just a Triskelion. I think he missed both of them. Did he really seriously well, for that? according to he the... He just played Marvin the Arvin. Nim? Oh, God. And it had Jack Sue and it. Okay, uh, you'll have to look this up on your huge smartphones. Uh, he was... Yeah. Uh, uh, Sergeant Imana, who always made the bad coffee, in Barney Miller. <laughs> oh, I love oh, him! Oh yeah. That yeah, yeah, that's why I recognized him. That's right. Like, God, he, I love he, Barney yeah, Miller. He was Mister Sulu's commander. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> equally yeah. inept. <laughs>
0: yeah. What was no, what it was, was the? Was, I'm I'm sorry to sidetrack. What was the uh, Polish guy's name in in Barney Miller? Wojciech. Uh, Wojciech. It's spelled just like it sounds. Wojciech. <laughs> just like it sounds. <laughs>
4: you know the best barney miller episode is the one (laughs) fish
0: is the best part of barney miller
4: where um (laughs) girlfriend makes brownies and woe doesn't realize they're pot brownies Uh and they all get just fucking hammered oh god i'm trying to think it's like ron glass who is also shepherd in Mm -hmm. firefly
0: right right and uh, the, the only character oh, yeah. I hated in Firefly. Oh, fuck you! Yeah, I know. We oh, right. Our opinions are not uh, perfect. Oh, Some of us uh, actually like you so him. Angry. <laughs> I, <laughs> know, I know. And the one film yeah. of John Wayne you should see <laughs> is The <to> Conqueror. Atari.
4: <laughs> Atari. That's right. Well, Wait, there's the there's going to be a three way slap fest now. <laughs> which means The Good Earth in Swahili. <laughs> 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 well, we don't know
5: what it means. It means the good. Oh, so anyway, the green berets when they're like at the airport and they arrive, yeah, I- I'm like flashing back to my childhood because those are all my toys. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? The Chinook ho- helicopter, yeah, and all exactly. This
4: you know, all the, all the army men I'm like, wow. <laughs> and the Duke, the Duke is just like the, the, the helicopter just had to haul the Duke, who's not really what I would say in fighting shape. Uh, yeah, by 68. <clears throat> Yeah, but it has but, David Jansen as a sniveling liberal journalist who the Duke invites to go along to, you know, find out the truth. But first, yeah. he gets, uh, you know, verbally abused by Aldo Ray, who Aldo Ray was, <laughs> he he was like the classic American grunt in, in so many American war Muldoon. movies. Muldoon! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, here we got Czechoslovakian ammo and Hungarian ammo and it's like, Okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, they're 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 a block. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and David Jansen is just there with this you can't see this because I'm holding my ears out like this because I was a huge David Jansen fan. I watched Harry O. I watched The Fugitive as a child, which probably scarred me forever, but I you know, I don't care. And, you know, he was always yeah, like, well shouldn't shouldn't we allow Vietnam to just, you know, take its own course and, uh, you know, make a constitution or anything? And, it's, you know, and then and he throws, yeah. like, he just keeps dumping all this weaponry in front of him. And yeah. It. So then he goes. He, he goes, doesn't setting it. He's, like, throwing it down. Throwing it at <laughs> him. And then he goes to the NAM. And, yeah. of course, there's strategic hamlet because that was the period of time when they had strategic hamlets. Yeah. Where You know, and they what do they call it? What do they call it? Dodge City, Dodge City. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh fuck, it's a western. Yeah, even
5: though yeah, it isn't. but yeah, but really, it f- did have a western plot. Oh, I mean, you, you could have made it a western. Right. I mean, it wouldn't right. be about Vietnam, but well, yeah, well, just... guys.
0: I mean, this is the only pro-Vietnam film made during the Vietnam War, like ever, on the major scale. I mean, yeah. I'm sure maybe some bargain basement bullshit happened. I don't know. Have you ever seen Hell's yeah.
4: Angels go to Vietnam? Yeah, Angels that happened then, uh,
0: during the Vietnam War.
4: It actually did. Did it? I uh, saw it at the drive-in. Huh. Uh well. the Angels actually kicked Kong ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I I, I, like, I everyone's gonna be looking this up now. No, I, I think did I did I we really it, the Hells Angels? I remember, I remember when to, we talked
0: about this in the uh, biker gang uh thing. I uh-huh. I think I saw that. But I, I didn't know that was actually filmed during the War. Yeah, that of the was Vietnam filmed during War. the
4: Vietnam
5: War. Maybe we would have won if we really wrote have sent to Hales Angels. No shit. Sure. Uh, I would have thought Sonny Barger alone.
0: They did a good yeah. job in the movie
4: anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean,
0: those motorcycles were
4: chopped. It, it also has uh, Jim Hutton. That's uh, Tim Hutton's daddy. For all of yeah, you this who This is don't Peter that. Son. Peter Son. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, so there's this cute little Vietnamese boy, orphan, with his little dog. And uh his yes. his name of course is Ham Chunk, which is is a, a very common Vietnamese name. <laughs> and uh his sister Chicken Chunk and yes. his his dad uh Steak Chunk. Beef Chunk. Yes.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, I mean this movie is so awful on so many fucking levels it's hard to Jim even hunt and Oh my god. Stuff.
0: Even the military walked out on this I know, some, you know, right? screenings of it. They were like so offended by how like just stupid the movie is i mean it doesn't follow any military actual code or you know it's completely stupid it's but if you're a 10 year old boy and you're watching it like i was it was like the best thing i've ever seen in my entire life yeah Yeah. sure when i was 10 best thing i've ever seen in my entire life when i was 12 probably stupid
5: yeah (laughs) when i watched it last night i didn't try to think too hard yeah i just watched it well it was mainly i was quite depressed yeah, so, so but, you, you yeah, knew the so, election
0: had already gone that way, and then you watched the most conservative uh, Vietnam film yeah. ever made. Just,
5: yeah, how, yeah. How, was, what were was, your dreams like? last you're gonna be my, of, my brave little green beret ham y- chunk. Y- you know what? I slept. <laughs> I slept because at at the end of the movie, uh, everything between the election and the movie, it, it all came crashing down. Literally, I mean, wow. I was a basket case for about five minutes, and then. <laughs> <laughs> then I went to bed. <laughs> wow! Well, good for you, Tor. <laughs> Complete emotional falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the new reality. Let's move
0: on,
4: yeah. folks. So, so the Duke, yeah. the Duke, has made a lot of. I mean, he's, he's oh, he wasn't
0: done there, though, dude.
4: No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just taking a, a small side step from his movies. He had a lot of struggles with, uh, and you know, he. Did a lot of articles and interviews and everything where he was very conservative in the '60s. Had a lot of uh, criticisms of John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, mm-hmm. and Dean Martin. I'm sorry, Dean Martin, uh, Frank Sinatra for his <laughs> we not, all, not Dean Martin, we never all, Dean
0: Martin. <laughs> we all criticized Dean Martin at one point. In our
4: lives. No, I never criticized Dean Martin. <laughs> Fucking crystal voice, fuck. <laughs> You're so smooth. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you for being beautiful. <laughs> So, all right, come on, let's be professional. goddammit. pull it
0: together. So, all right.
4: I'm going to skip ahead to 69. True grit.
5: Well, one, the Green Berets. Remember, there is an appearance of Puff the Magic Dragon. Right. I just got to leave it at that. Okay, yeah. that's cool. You mean the that song? is cool?
4: Hey, hey, the VC are over anything. If, if you don't, don't know, water. you have to watch it again. Yeah, no, I'm not watching it again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Every time that the Green Berets is on. Just, just to 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 tease Mrs. Sputnik, mm. uh, I'll find it and then turn the stereo speakers on and just blast Sergeant Ser- Sergeant Staff Sergeant Barry Adler's uh, Ballad of the Green Breed. She's like, "Oh, you're not going to watch that movie, are you?" I said, "Well, mm. I, I I might." <laughs> <laughs> so let me just let me just ask because um, I don't remember
0: and I I won't I won't watch the film, especially if there is an appearance of Puff the Magic Dragon the song. Does the song no, actually it's, appear? No, it's, it's a gunship. I gun didn't ship. say the song. It's a gunship. Uh, ah, uh, gunship. Okay, good. Okay, good. We got
4: a machine for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Puff. <laughs> okay. And that's where you see some tracers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time tracers. I can bring yeah. the house down. Now, there's Spectre gunships, but back then they were like C-47s or some bullshit.
5: Yeah, yeah. So why they didn't pull it out half hour earlier, but anyway. Mm. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah, we got air support,
4: right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Yeah, I just I can't handle Puff the Magic Dragon. The song. Uh, oh, I can't either. Yeah,
4: I can't either. I used to cry just like uncontrollably when I would hear that song as a kid. So as a kid, and I I beat the shit out of Dirty Hippies. I try to play it on on like acoustic guitars too. Well, let
0: me let me let me just let me just tell you a sidebar. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a sidebar because fuck it. I'm gonna tell you a sidebar. There, when I was a little kid.
4: Yeah. Okay. Seven.
0: My best friend. Died. Yeah. Her favorite song. Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, she man. She loved it. Oh, She Jesus. loved it. As she was in the ambulance, being driven to the hospital, dying, she was singing it.
4: Oh, Broken man. up with,
0: Jesus loves me, this I know.
4: Oh, no. And she died. Yeah. And
0: I will never listen to that song ever again, ever again. So, anyway, the universe failed that day. And you know that shit happens. No, but well, Puff I, the Magic Dragon yeah. was implicated. No, and okay. I will not listen to that well, fucking song. This one was actually ever again shit. in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. That's so. why. I, that's why I got scared. I was like, I okay. am never listening to that song. Yeah, I know. Ever, Sorry ever to again. Traumatize I, you, but yeah, yeah. My, yeah my kids, you know, my was, kids don't no. listen to that shit. This was not yeah. a
5: song, just a killing machine. Peter
0: Pollen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's so much better.
0: Yeah, maybe I should watch it. <laughs> okay, we got to get to True Grit.
4: True grit. Okay. Now, before we begin, before we begin. Before we start this podcast. No. (laughs) True grit is something we have to talk about. Number one, I have three questions. Well, I have two two questions. Number one, have you read the book? Have you read the the original book? I have not. No. Okay. I I read the. for sissies. I read. Beer ain't drinking. What the hell?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, someone made that comment in a movie my daughter watched. Beer, beer is booze. I'm like, not in Westerns. Because one no. guy said, beer ain't drinking. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's just warming up to drinking. That's, it. that's just warming up. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. During Duke, uh, Rio Bravo. Yeah. He,
4: he's just drinking he's beer. He's drinking beer. And, uh, yeah. He's drinking buckets full of it. But, and and yeah. then I turned
0: to her and said, beer ain't drinking. <laughs> yeah. He's. <laughs> He's pissing all over Stumpy. <laughs> Nobody tell me nothing around here. Dude,
4: I, I didn't know it was you. I feel like I got a good
0: Patrick uh, Brennan going. Yeah. Man. Good Walter Brennan. All right. Tell me. Tell me more.
4: Okay. The second question. About the book. Second question. The book is actually really, really good. Numbered. And it's. I, I don't know how many of our listeners have read it, but I, I do. I, and I'm not a huge fan of, you know, Western fiction and literature and so forth but that that was actually really good and um would you have you seen both the john wayne true grit and the jeff bridges true grit and i've if seen so i've seen both yeah. and if so would you say one is better or one. Well, I is, feel are like either even or I feel like
0: I I can do nothing but disappoint you at this point.
4: Okay. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: after my uh, the Conqueror opinions and other things I've said, I really think a modern audience <clears throat> might enjoy. Mm, it's getting hot in here. Uh, maybe. <sighs> The the new one?
4: No, actually, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> okay, picture. good. I I was really
0: scared for my life.
4: <laughs> no, no the the Jeff Bridges True Grit I think is good because it's it's truer to the book, right? Whereas with the John Wayne True Grit, it it kind of you know it ended on this upbeat, which of course mm. it's the Duke and you know what the hell? Well, they made a sequel. I know Rooster Cogburn. Yeah, which, oh, not supposed to be I know that. Catherine Hepburn. That's right. I'm, I'm not even going to cover that. I mean, that's, okay, that's okay, we won't, we won't. Blows! But, um, yeah. but,
0: but, uh, but I felt like the Coen brothers did a wonderful job of the sequel. I didn't know Jeff Bridges is that the actor uh, that he was going to go to the depths of the crazy Western lisp that he went into. But you know, that was yeah. that was. It was darker than it probably even needed to be, but it was great film. Have you seen both
4: movies? Or no, I've only seen the
0: John Wayne True Grit. I was thinking
4: about
5: showing my daughter one. I thought it was one.
0: awesome.
4: Yeah.
5: Primarily yeah. for a number of reasons. Uh, one, I think it really starred Kim Darby as uh, Maddie Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I
4: thought she did a great job. She did in that movie, but you know she's she's gone largely insane since. <laughs> well, yeah. But, well, Which is I, fine. I mean, yeah, it's a good hobby, and I'm not gonna judge. What's yeah. she into?
0: But uh, what? What is she into now? If do, you do see I have to Google my like Yeah, it's, Phone. it's right. not. Yeah. yeah, but she's I'll Google
5: it. But she in that movie, <laughs> what I like you know, there's a sequel to that movie. She, she plays a, a a real strong character. I mean, she's just a kid in the movie, but she's a strong character. And, she is and, a very strong character, and, right. and uh, I think that really adds to it. Where it's not not so much just a bunch of guys with some tech on females kind of thing. She's that's true. Very important. But, but secondly, so... it's got Glenn Campbell. Come on, man. I know,
4: right? He Robert is the...
5: Duvall, Dennis Hopper. Glenn Campbell yeah. is okay, for the record, <laughs> the first musician I ever liked and the first musician I ever saw perform live. I saw him perform in the Astrodome that's... dur during a
4: rodeo. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a rodeo.
5: Uh, I've seen a couple. No shit. But uh It's not your first rodeo. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my first going fuck. The Glenn Campbell concert was my first rodeo. I was a little kid. And that I was should little, be a sign, baby. I was a little kid that couldn't talk, which should come no surprise to our listeners okay. And, and so so yeah, you God, know, I
0: don't have to edit this podcast now. I, I
5: had all these uh, older uh uh. Older kids that were neighbors to me at the time. And uh so they like to, you know, I'm the little kid on the street and they like to ask me, and this, you know, they're probably into rock and roll and the Beatles and everything. And so they ask me, So who's your favorite musician? And I say, Gen Campbell. Gen <laughs> yeah. Campbell. That's awesome. Genghis Campbell.
0: <laughs> I've returned, Jamuga. <laughs> I bring you country that's western movie. music.
4: Of all those movies, that's the one that's obviously made the biggest impression. You know, it made a big impression on me too. I have to say, yeah. But, but and, the, and
5: the other actor uh, you mentioned in it, Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, one thing I forgot to say about the Sons of Katie Elder and and, and why I liked it is, uh, uh, Dennis Hopper had a pretty decent part in that one, and oh, he is yeah. a skinny and young. Oh. Uh, but probably Dennis already on drugs.
4: <laughs> probably. But uh,
5: he, he... You know, where, again, John Wayne is kind of like the rock. Dennis Hopper yeah. is very unstable. <laughs> right. And kinda, oh,
4: yeah. yeah. Very but much so. It, I, I enjoyed no, that part right. of the movie. Yeah. I do... It's funny. I... Um, but I do recommend Tor that that you you should watch the Jeff Bridges True Grit just because you know I, I it, it is very very good. It, it's actually, I actually did
5: want to see it so yeah. I would have both uh, uh, you know under my belt for this show. Uh, but when I did There's the, only so much time, I think when I did this when I did the search on Netflix, it wasn't there, and I so, so didn't bother just, to track it. Let me it just down. say this:
0: fuck our show. And and even though we're done talking about John Wayne for a little bit, oh, I, I, go I, watch it. It's I,
5: really good. I still got a stack of Blu-rays from John yeah. w- w- Wayne movies You'll that I rented from the anyway. library. And sure. I'll, I'll work
0: through them. And I do want to see
5: the other True Grit. But I will show
0: but... my uh, my 13-year-old and I are going to sit down and watch True Grit. Because I, I think she'd really appreciate it. After seeing some classic mm, Westerns. New original? Uh New. New. Okay, I think I want to not show her the original just so she can see the new one.
4: You know, it's interesting you should say that because after I saw True, mm-hmm. the new True Grit uh, with Jeff Bridges in the theater, mm-hmm. I had I went back just just out of curiosity because sure. it's been so long since I have seen it. I, I rewatched the John Wayne True Grit, and I actually appreciated it a lot more. The John Wayne one, yes, okay. yes. I just think that
0: it'd be great for her as a modern audience to see an example that i already know is a good version of the story right because it's great it's great storytelling beginning to end and i i trusted the cohen brothers to do a great job but
4: you know who plays the glenn campbell character in uh the new movie matt damon <laughs> matt, <laughs> matt Damon. but I, <laughs> I, I i was a but, big but fan of the glenn campbell brilliant. hour like, it's, and it's I, a great yeah. version yeah i ha- i i have uh i just listened to some glenn campbell today in fact cool oh yeah I yeah. did not. I am a lineman for the county.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, obviously when I was a, a little tyke, I wasn't out buying record albums because I didn't have any money. So, and then I moved on to other artists. So I actually don't have any Glenn Campbell in my collection at the moment, and that's bothering me a little bit right now. I, I, I want to go. I, Campbell. I want to
0: go out and buy some.
5: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Enough sidebarring. We got to move forward. The next movie in our cadre of films I want to mention would be in 1970, if you're okay with moving that forward, uh huh. Rio Lobo.
4: Rio Lobo. Okay.
0: What a piece of shit this movie was.
4: I saw that fucker at the theater. God damn it. Yeah. No Uh, shit. I know, right? You know, I got to say that
0: I do like (sighs) Christopher Mitchum. I actually like him. Yeah. Son of Robert Mitchum. Yep. I actually like him. He did the whole little snorkel thing with the. I mean, it's every boy's dream to see someone snorkel okay. with a reed. Uh, but Christopher Mitchum did a few films with uh, John Wayne and Real Lobo. Just it, it, it just kind of pissed me off. And actually, it was more sexist than any of the old films with Maureen O'Hara or any of the others. So it just there's this deterioration of the media. The Maureen
4: O'Hara films were sexist.
0: Come on. It, <laughs> Okay, there, there wasn't totally quality
4: in the 40s or 50s. I would have made a lot of moves on Marine O'Hara. Yes, <laughs> you would have. <laughs> <laughs> am, right. am I wrong? <laughs> I, uh... All
0: right, the next film, which was shitty after that, was Big Jake, or as I like to call Old it an Jake. older podcast, All right, Old Jake.
4: <laughs> Victor, I, I, think, I think what we need to do now is just <clears throat> sum up. The 70s was not a great period for The Duke. No. Except for (coughs) The Cowboys. Yeah. And The Shootist. Yeah.
0: No, and I realize big, I mean, films like Big Jake exemplify some of the problems with westerns. Oh. And I just, I, I, I watched it as a kid and thought it was great. Went back to revisit it and went, holy crap. This well, is awful.
4: This also, is awful. We should also sidebar at this point, too, and, and say that um, one of the things with, with the Duke in the 70s was that by this time, the Spaghetti Westerns had already really taken hold they and, ruled, and, and, and really revived yeah. the Western genre. And that was kind of the dominant theme. So you had Clint Eastwood who, you know, studied under Sergio Leone and, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people and (coughs) was starting to produce, you know, his own films. And uh, Clint Eastwood actually had asked John Wayne if he was interested in being in like High Plains Drifter.
0: Can you imagine?
4: And the Duke actually wrote him a fairly angry letter in response saying, well, no, because, I mean, if you've seen, like, any of my films, no, this is not what I do. But... <laughs> I don't do Westerns. Well, I don't do anti-hero <laughs> Westerns, you know. And Yeah, and, uh, I mean,
0: it, it was like they had it written down that it was an anti-hero but, Western. It was like...
4: But, then you know, but, the, then it was like, you know, they, they wanted him for Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, he was too old by that time. But and then, so he did a lot of crappers he in did. the seventies, like Cahill, United States Marshal, McHugh, Brannigan. Well, his last film was The Shootist, right? right? But 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 we should mention the Cowboys because that was sure another the the Cowboys and the Shootist are both movies again where he dies, right? And uh, the Cowboys had Bruce Dern, everyone's you know favorite uh, bipedial rat man. I like Brewster. I love Brewster, <laughs> and I say that with the deepest respect. You're I mean, a rat, man. But come I mean, on, no, he looks, no disrespect. He looks like a human rat. I mean, he does. you know, you
0: just you just look like a human rat. I love you. <laughs> I respect you. No disrespect. You
4: human rat. You come on. <laughs> Fucking seriously. You probably have rats. I've in been watching Aubrey, Brewster I, in front, since the you. '60s and like Wild Angels and on. You know, yeah, I know, I know. but holy fuck. <laughs> I mean I saw Wild Angels I saw Silent Running at the theater you know and Jesus I mean the man's a human oh, rat but I love Ugh, him oh I love Jesus that one. yeah that's an awesome movie <laughs> Anyways the cowboys Brewster has to shoot the Duke and the Duke says to him and and this is an interview with Bruce Stern later on after the Duke has passed away and and he says um John Wayne's to do is, you know, people are going to just hate you. <laughs> and then they do the movie. And, you know, Brewster is kind of a, you know, he's just kind of a spindly guy. And um, there's a scene where, you know, the Duke, you know, he shoots him and the Duke kind of rushes him. And he's like all six of the Duke is just like all over Brewster. And he said, oh, yeah, I was like a couple of days before I could come back to the set. Because John Wayne all over me. <laughs> <laughs> But he has to take these kids, you know, and, and, you know, do this cattle run and everything. And and the kids then do the... So it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the Children's Crusades uh, meets Red River. <laughs> wow. But then the Shootist, moving ahead to the Shootist, the Duke is in very poor health. And Opie stars. Opie, Ron Howard. Yeah. Lauren
0: McCall. And Lauren had already watched her own husband and die. We're,
4: and we're skipping Rooster Cogburn because that, that just fucking yeah,
0: sucks. of course. And uh, Humphrey but, Bogart had already died of cancer, and Lauren yeah. recalls in this film. And the film's about a guy dying of cancer and... Mm-hmm. He'd already beat the big but the, C. But
4: the Duke didn't know that he had no. cancer at this that time. It's very important to point is, out that uh, yeah. a
0: lot of people think that he knew he was dying of cancer. He didn't. It was stomach cancer yeah. actually, that got him. Well, it was actually lung cancer that had gone to the stomach. Mm. So it it metastasized and so yeah, it had gotten to the heart organs. But um
6: yeah, it
0: was finally acted and everything. It was no problem with it, but um
4: it was a good movie.
0: They asked him in this movie. This is what, what I was going to say really earlier. They asked him in this movie to shoot someone in the back, and and the Duke was like, "Look, I've been a star of a hundred and forty movies, and I'm not. I've never shot anybody in the back. So change it."
4: And they did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Because yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck it. I'm John, not going to. My last yeah. film. I'm not going to shoot somebody in the back. <clears throat> so and and John Wayne was married. Three times we should mention all two women of uh, Hispanic origin. He loved Mexico. He, he, he spoke fluent Spanish. Um, I guess you'd have to, <laughs> or not <laughs> if
0: you're the Duke. Yeah,
4: didn't yeah. Well, yeah. You, you just
0: say, yeah, Consuelo. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you know, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and on his. Oh, and he was a Freemason. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. He was, a, was he a master? That's what there's he, there's a can little can I have for you comment. conspiracy
5: theorists. you <laughs> <laughs> He died in
4: 79 too, but but he 32nd degree Freemason. Yeah, that's, I only went to third degree. I'm only a master Mason. I level.
0: I mean, how are speedons? Yeah, wow. I'm not even sure. <laughs>
4: well, on his death,
5: many <laughs> on his death. When I was in a uh, fifth grade, one of the kids in class on the last day of fifth grade said i don't think john wayne's gonna make it for by the time we come back in sixth grade i'm like how do you know that the fuck like, did he have the internet i, I don't know why he thought <laughs> like, that yeah no what shame. kid would know anything we, we came back for sixth grade and john wayne was dead
0: i didn't know shit that happened yeah. out in the real world when so i was
5: a kid i don't know how the kid knew it but he just knew John Wayne was on the way out, and, and John Wayne went on the was
0: Perez Hilton. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God! Oh ah, my! No, it Jesus. was some uh, some some kid, uh, a boy. He had a twelve hundred baud internet with <laughs> a, a server.
5: No, there was n- nobody had computers okay. that that I knew of. I mean, you had to be really special. Actually, I think there was one kid that had a dad with a computer and theory but i never got to see it it's probably
4: gentlemen there's one thing i think that we should mention about the 70s though with john wayne is that he was approached by mel brooks to play the waco kid in blazing saddles probably my favorite western yeah Yeah. there's a couple things we should mention go ahead he said after reading the script he said i can't be in the picture it's too dirty but i'll be the first in line to see it (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean how cool is that that's the yeah. thing about
0: john wayne I, I don't think people realize and, and maybe we probably maybe we didn't do a good job of it when he was in harvard and yes! all the students harvard were like yelling food. at him they were During, yelling yeah. at him when he won that award uh what is it i don't even remember what the name of the award was it was, like but it was brass balls,
5: award
4: yeah, or brass yeah, balls award. yeah and they were like and he showed up in an yeah. armored personnel carrier and they yeah, were throwing
0: snowballs him at him and shit And they were giving him all the hard time And then there's a video of it You can watch the video of the interview But the interview is completely off the cuff None of it scripted But they were like yeah. Hey, where'd you get your hair from? Is that fake? And they are like no, that's real hair. It's not mine,
4: but it's real hair. <laughs> you know, and he would, just, he would throw it right back at him yeah. and just be like, joking around he took with it him. He took it all in good fun. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, he was at Jimmy Carter's inauguration. He said he was part of the loyal opposition. And he said, emphasis on the loyal. Meaning, mm-hmm. hey, that was back in the day when... when yeah, you didn't gridlock everything to the point of fucking pointlessness. And that's yeah. one
0: thing about John Wayne. I mean, his views became more uh old as he got older and and the times changed and he didn't. You know what I mean like yeah, yeah. when the 60s and 70s really hit, he became I mean, he was a cancer to his co-actors like uh Christopher Mitchum like really went to B movies after working with John because uh he was a cancer, I hate to say it. He was a cancer on his career and no one wanted to work with Christopher Mitchum. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, the guy was an okay actor. There's nothing sure. wrong with him. But uh he was tainted by John Wayne. I mean, times changed and he didn't. Mm-hmm.
4: That's true. And you know, I, I think uh we'd have to mention some of the some of the quotable quotes by John Wayne. Go for it. You know, because I just and think use
0: your best John Wayne voice. <laughs>
4: and And here's the guy who actually did this. A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do, so he said that, yeah, wow. you know, and um, don't say it's a fine morning, or I'll shoot you. <laughs> 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 that it sounds like uh,
5: uh, you know the movie Office Space is almost well, a you got to yeah. take yeah. on that you got to know bit.
0: that Mal and Firefly is totally based on John Wayne and oh yeah I mean yeah. all I mean that's a whole Western theme I was trying to tell my daughter that that a lot of you know themes are based in you know westerns westerns are you know just another way to lay out drama and and yeah. we 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 go back to drama and we right. go back to westerns we go back to John Wayne and. Read more quotes, Pilgrim. Well, oh, also the first time he said Pilgrim was in Liberty Valance Nineteen sixty two was the first time he ever called anybody a pilgrim. A pilgrim. And he said it three hundred billion times in the movie. But it was awesome. I don't know if you're paying attention to no, Pilgrim, no, <laughs> but he was pilgrim saying pilgrim a lot. I just loved how Lee Marvin
4: <laughs> yeah. was wearing like this S and M wear through the entire movie. Oh, and, and then like, like, yeah, in, in his hand. Dude, you
5: are fucked up. Yeah. Hey. Oh great. I got a question for you guys. What's the one movie that you wish John Wayne would have made? Now Ooh. I can offer up my first one. Go. And, like
0: at, at a certain age
5: or well, you can pick pick the time period that he would have made it and then right. and, and what the movie would be. Uh the one I would pick is uh, well what year did the, the Batman comic first come out? Thirty-nine. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking a Batman movie. John Wayne is Batman. Right around
4: 1939, 1940. Wow. Wouldn't that be sweet? That would have been fucking awesome. Black and
5: white. Yeah, yeah, okay.
4: yeah. And he's got the really crude <laughs> outfit on. Yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. That would have been cool. That would have I been think. cool. Yeah. When yeah. did
0: Hitchcock start directing?
4: Oh, Jesus. Did you get
0: um, Hitchcock involved in that? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, just
4: for the angles. But, but now, oh, yeah. Here's uh-huh. <laughs> something you know. that the Duke would say about that. Nobody ever saw a cowboy on a psychiatrist's couch. <laughs> and here's here's one of my favorites, and I and I had this, um, I think I have this as a poster. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess I guess you know. Getting back to the original point, that's the thing. It's like John Wayne did this interview in Playboy in the early seventies, and it's 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 horrible. It's it's very racist. It's very sexist. It's it's horrid. But it's in a lot of ways.
0: He was born in nineteen oh seven.
4: Yeah, it's uh, you know yeah, he he's an old age man. Me. Look, we should also mention. If you have a favorite John Wayne movie, or if you have some feelings about John Wayne movies or some memories of it, please let us know at feedback at tankriot.com. Uh John Wayne seems to be one of those characters that 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 truly did transcend acting and being an icon. And he was just John Wayne. And and um I have a feeling if I met the man and you know you could play chess, you could play bridge, don't
0: misunderestimate him, no, <laughs> yeah, no way, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, yeah, he really is an interesting character and and Oh, yeah. I, I think I think you could easily jump to Clint Eastwood before you ever experience John Wayne, but I think if you really want to be a cinemaphile, <laughs> you, you have to see The Conqueror, if any. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. You have to see The Searchers. You have to see Stagecoach. You have to see Red River. Yeah. Of course, you have to see Red River. Um, man you have Who Shot the,
4: Liberty Valance. The
0: Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. We could go on and on
5: about Hatari. that. But I'm, I'm just but, saying.
4: But the point is, Atari, Exactly. Donovan's Reef, Wake of the Red Witch, I mean, The Sailing Duke. The list goes on and
5: on, but it really, it it actually helps you understand everything that came after in a way. It, it does. It's yeah. a
4: river that flows forward. It fills it out, and and yeah. the thing is, is that Clint Eastwood, his movies were movies that I I I saw many of those at the theater. Mm. Um, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I snuck into an M rated movie for mature audiences only and I I totally was not mature.
0: (laughs) Did you guys notice the Red River belt buckles that he's wearing in other movies like later on that they all had specially made the little swishes on the belt
4: buckle? With the brand. I'd love to steal one of those. Oh no shit, right? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be
0: my Firefly heist. Anyway, Just, yeah, you remember seeing them in the theater? Well,
4: so I saw a lot of Clint Eastwood. Well, the first Clint Eastwood movie that I saw at the theater I snuck in to see it was Paint Your Wagon, not the musical Clint Eastwood, with Lee Marvin. Mm-hmm. Bored Under a Wandering Star. That actually became a hit, too. Holy fuck. <laughs> what a train wreck that was. But... I had seen my dad was um, Dad Sputnik was a huge fan of spaghetti westerns, so <clears throat> from a very early age on, um, <laughs> we went to you know drive-in after drive-in and saw you know uh, you know Django, the, you know with Franco Nero, uh, the Trinity movies. Uh, That's so crazy, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have to get to Trinity movies after. Oh yeah, yeah. But Spaghetti but, but I, I was very movies. schooled on the Western yeah. anti-hero. So when Clint Eastwood came along and he did, oh, God, another movie that Clint Eastwood did that I, I'm sure not, most of our listeners have never seen before. We're but, still oh,
0: on the John Wayne podcast, it's, but go it's ahead. Beguiled.
4: Oh, my God. it's he Is this what they call a teaser or a stinger? Possibly. <laughs> but I, you're right. I should sum up in just saying that that. The Clint Eastwood movies, you know, High Plains Drifter, uh, Hang Em High, um, um, uh, Pale Rider, The Unforgiven, Outlaw Josie Wales. I, you know, those those are classic Western movies. And, but, and not to take anything away from them, because again, it's apples and oranges, but this is like the Western version two. seeing the original Westerns where, where, you know, you had these spanning landscapes and you, and you had these characters and everything you might say, you know, you might be tempted to say, Oh, well, that's kind of shallow. There's not a lot of character development there. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cardboard and everything. It's like, no, just let yourself go watch these movies. You will enjoy them. And the thing is, it's is, is like what Tor was saying before, is it, it gives you an appreciation of what came after. You, you can't watch and appreciate movies like The Outlaw Josie Wales and not have seen Red River or The Searchers. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, you can't appreciate
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. You can, but you will say that they yeah. came up with it out of whole cloth. But they did not. No. They came up with it yeah. out of a strong history of what happened in cinema previously. Exactly. Not just in American cinema, but throughout yeah. history. But anyway, no. yeah. they, they draw their influences. And, and a lot of film is drawn deeply from the Western film genre. Yeah. Exactly. Al-
5: almost every film is grabbing back for something or another. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh or you know, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, or if they don't, it sucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like Star Wars, or you it's know, called Han, the Room, and Han we already Solo covered it in the B movie podcast. Han Solo had his vest.
4: I mean, he was kind oh, of yeah. a kind of a cowboy, and he type, fucking yeah. shot
0: first. There, yeah, their there, there there influences
4: everywhere. <laughs> and uh-huh. you know, and I'll tell you some one thing: the worst to me, the worst western ever made, ever made, and I don't care how bad the Duke got in the seventies. Okay, Silverado the 80s yuppie shit movie what,
0: okay what's your feeling about young guns
4: <laughs> i kind of like it i kind of liked it too i did kind of like it too what about
0: what about tombstone i fucking love tombstone good, Tombstone good. was great all
4: right, we're all, yeah. oh, we're all okay yeah. oh god we're tombstone. All okay. tombstone is a modern <laughs> classic you've got okay number 1 kurt russell number 2 bell kilmer Gilmore, yeah oh my god i'm practicing <laughs> my hypocrisy yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to make sure that you know oh
4: come on that movie is fucking awesome yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but again it's an anti-western you know anti-hero western sure. it's not like you know nobody's coming well, out looking good in that
0: because there's no the, after and
4: we'll talk about it later but after how about the anti-hero
0: jeff? western there there was no good how about
4: jeff bridges as wild bill hickok have you seen that movie was it, What was the title of the movie? Wild, Wild Bill Hickok? <laughs> or Jeff Bridges <laughs> oh, no, as I'm Wild sorry. I, 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 No, I'm sorry. It's called Wild Bill.
0: I don't know that I've seen that.
4: It's really fucking I
0: good. I might have seen it. I'll, I'll yeah. have, to, I'll have yeah. to watch a trailer and then go, oh, yeah, I saw that or not.
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's how old I am. My life is Whoa. a cliff note.
4: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I never okay. would have thought I'd come to this day where I... Maybe you did sure it. If Maybe you missed lead. one. Maybe yeah. it's all just a memory implanted in my brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll You're remember it for already. you a
4: wholesale. Just find <laughs> the, the right memory Dick, stick everyone, stick Thank it you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Good night. So please let us know what you think. Feedback at tankride.com. Let's skip mailbags. Butnik is tired. We're going to play as our outro music.
0: And I'll. I, I also want to say thank you very much to Scott Gordon for coming and talking to me today. Uh, but we're going to sneak in uh, a song by the band El Valiente Probably off their latest album Because they are the cowboy westernist band uh, That's local that I can think of Thank you El Valiente This is off of their third album called White
4: Comanche White Comanche Which is a Wayne Chatter oh. title. No shit Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, the song is called White Comanche Fuck it, we'll play the title track
4: All right. This has been Tank Riot. (laughs) Good evening. Good night.
2: well i've had about the right number of drinks and i am warm and i'm relaxed well if you gentle people can manage without me i shall go to sleep good night
6: good night